Blog Talk Radio. Job of the morning to everybody. It is Richie Altman covering for my big man Brandon Biscoping for, of course, the Sports Unlimited here on your beautiful Friday morning. Coming to you from the studios down in the low country, we are. And it is game day. It is Friday Night Lights. Of course, the internal side of me is wondering, man, how long has it been since I've been up at 7 a.m. on the radio running a show? And it's been almost a year. So, yes, it takes just a bit to get all that put together and understood that, yeah, well, we'll get it together today. It'll be a fun three solid hours, but it will, of course, uh, have a few more breaks possibly in it. Yeah, we may play a little bit more music this morning than the old Dr. B, if you will, but that's okay. That's okay. It's early. I've got a show again tonight as we're going to be live at Johnson Higgins Stadium with some of my closest compadres. For the kickoff of a big game at 7.30, but the broadcast will be called the Countdown to Kickoff, brought to you by Southern Sports Central. And we're excited about that one. Uh, of course, uh, we had Coach Steele, the principal over at uh, Berkeley High School, will be in, uh, in-house with us. He and I and Eugene will be knocking it out, if you will. We've got a couple of individuals calling out. Miss V should be reaching out to us from a game in Columbia where you'll see the Dutch Fork fellas hanging out and inviting in a team out of Myrtle Beach, which is Carolina Forest. That is uh, going to be, I feel, a pretty good game. And then we've got, uh, we're checking in in 4A football. 4A football is going to have Buford hosting Myrtle Beach. We'll get one of our guys who's down covering that game. Of course, we're hanging out at the 3A matchup, and that is, of course, and is going to be, I really feel in my heart that it's going to be a great matchup between Oceanside and Camden, catching a little heat over some of this, because if you missed out on Wednesday night's show, we did the pick where we had our guest celebrity, 
come in, Art Craig, of course, he has uh, been around the league for 23 years as a head football coach, and he was at Timberland for most of that, if not all of it, but this year, where he's now at Hanahan. Great run, fellas. Great running back, freshman coming up. He's going to be a kid we're keeping an eye on. Great quarterback and some other great position players all over the field for the Hawks. But they make it to the playoffs in this weird situation of playoffs to where they uh, only take the top two of each region. And Hanahan was one of those top two in that region that they were in, but were knocked out early as nine, nine, I said it, other teams in the state, or excuse me, here in the low country were knocked out because the low country got 13 in, but didn't advance with three. Two down in the lower part of the low country and one in the heart of the low country remain, sustain, and see another day, if you will, in Friday Night Lights. It's uh, interesting enough. But anyways, you get the legendary coach, Art Craig, comes in and picks through one, two, and we get to classification number Trey. Yeah, number three. And I got to the Oceanside and the Camden game. And, yes, I get it. My heart wants to go with the boys in blue. That's Oceanside. But I do a little bit of film from time to time, and I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of big hearts get broken when you go with that. So I thought, well, you know, I have never wanted to be so wrong in my life on behalf of my brother over at Oceanside, Joe Call, the bull shark, if you will. And his land sharks that will be landing in Johnson Hagen Stadium for kickoff at 7:30, hoping that if they upset my pick, that's okay. I'll wake up tomorrow morning. It'll be Saturday. The birds will be chirping, and football will be playing in the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I'll be heading up to Woodlands. That's what's going to happen. But if it doesn't go that way, and it goes the way that I selected, guess what? Saturday morning is going to be about the same for me. Unfortunately, not the case for everybody else in this battle of Friday Night Lights coming up tonight at 7.30. Because 20, oh man, 20 teams will be hanging up their helmets for the final time if they don't get the dub coming out of tonight. 40 of them did it on Monday. 20 will do it this coming Monday, and do the math, <laughs> we got 10 more coming your way the week after that, and then we got a change championship, and that's going to be a lot of conversations as well, which should put you around five, four, excuse me. But it is an interesting conversation. There's no doubt about it, that there are a lot of games that we selected the other night that honestly could go either way. It honestly could go either way. You know, there's a bunch of matchups that a lot of people can't wait to see. T.L. Hannon Gaffney in 5A football, are you kidding me? Could we not have planned this a little bit and put this on a Saturday where we could see it all? I mean, watch, not at least let us watch some of it. That wasn't the way it was supposed to be, I guess, huh? No worries. How do they say Akuna Matata? 
Today we will have a few guests as I am going through the notes that old Brandon Bisco Bing under the weather, by the way, so much to the point he is not traveling tonight to Dutch Fork, where he is, by the way, the voice of the Panthers of the Carolina Force Panthers under the lights on Friday night. He will miss tonight's call because he doesn't feel well. And kudos to you, Brandon, for putting yourself you know, where you need to be and putting your team that you cover ahead of you. Because you could have gone, you could have just said, you know what, I'm going to make it work, I'm going to get through it, and I'm going to do it. And yet, here you are, staying home, doing the right thing. So that being said, Brandon did send me a couple of guests. One of them is going to come through about 8.15, Lou Bezjack. He's with the state paper. He's one of the best in the biz as he will check in with us around the state, his thoughts, his opinions. We talked to him on the show Wednesday night as well. Excuse me, we checked with him on Monday. That's right, it was Monday we talked to Brent and talked to Lou. And uh, he gave us his ins and outs and what he thought. So, you know, uh, going to be um, a good conversation with uh, Dr. Lou there. And then at 9 o'clock, it's the final hour. That's right. We'll get to hour three at some point here this morning together. Brandon Dunn, WBDE, WPDE. There you go. It's early. <laughs> he checks in with us down and around the Grand Strand. Is uh, Mr. Dunn has done a great job covering high school sports for a long time. He is what we call a staple in the business, and he definitely is that on the Grand Strand. He got, by the way, a pretty solid interview, and when I come back, I'm going to play that interview because our big man down on the Grand Strand, Chase Simmons, big-time defensive end, has committed to, well, a school right in his own backyard to the Shauna Clears and Coach Jamie Chadwell. Couldn't say how proud we are of this young man and his accomplishments and all that's come with it. Because I've seen this young man grind it out during the season, get ready, get ready, not making an excuse. He's done everything he could to be that man. So when we come back, I'm going to play an interview with Brandon Dunn and Chase Simmons, the young man who has received an offer to play college football. Oh, how sweet it is as he's able to do it in his own backyard and he's able to do it as a shot to clear. And I'm sure he's a kid that's grown up watching that same team doing great things. And he mentioned family. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, say what you will about the Grand Strand. For all of us that are from that side of town, what you see in a weekend visit or maybe a week-long vacation, it, even the tip of the iceberg of how amazing that place is to grow up at. And it doesn't have anything to do with Ocean Boulevard or, as you may call it, the Strip or whatever. But I promise you this, it's a pretty solid spot. Taking a break. We're coming back. Here's the deal. This hour for sure. Come on and save me, guys. Come on and call in and hang out and talk a little football. It's Friday. It is is high school Friday Night Lights and tomorrow's college showdowns along with the championship games from the South Carolina Youth Football Association around uh, the state of South Carolina. The young boys are getting after it and, uh, you know, they're going to do some things, but it is regionally. The championships as we'll be at the SEC edition of those tomorrow over at Woodland, guys. Quick break, come back. We'll take some conversations and we will play that of the highlights of Chase Simmons in an interview 
with Myrtle Beach's own Brandon Dunn right out of this guy. This song is to encourage my brothers and my sisters that might be going through some things in your life. I want to let you know that Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. You're not in this thing by yourself. Just keep holding on and don't give up. He'll be there for you. We've been might endure for a night, but here comes the joy. Let's go. Come on. Everybody talking about all the news and in and outs of uh, Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. Richie Alban here live with you covering for the down and out, not feeling well 
Brandon Bisco being here live this Friday morning as we kicked off at 7 o'clock. It clicks off every, every Friday morning from 7 to 10 as uh, he takes a look around the action and the weekend in sports and runs down, the, of course, uh, all that is, was, and might be coming up in the world of uh, high school football. Of course, uh, it is round two. We'll get into the playoffs. We'll get into the brackets. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll look at some college today and a few others because we do have some guests that are going to join us. At some point here around hour two, we will hear from Lou Bezjack from the state paper. Covers all the high school good stuff along with some college stuff as well. But he'll check in with us sometime around, sometime around 8.15. Then at 9 o'clock, hour three, we'll get there. Trust and believe it is Friday, but it will happen. 9 o'clock will be a part of the show, and then we will be on the Grand Strand with the bus parked out there in front of the studios of WPDE with that legendary man with the plan, Brandon Dunn. He'll check in with us. But he checked in with somebody else this past uh, this past 24 hours, and one of those guys was Chase Simmons. You know the big man himself that's a 21 defensive end, about 6'4", 250, great point average, just sitting somewhere around 3.45. North Myrtle Beach, All-American wrestler, first-team all-region defensive end. He says he's the king of the jungle. I don't know if he's king of the jungle, but he's definitely the man with the plan with an offer and a commit in his hand, and he is now going to head out and take off to the big, bright lights of where – his backyard. He's heading to Coastal. Here's what he had to say to uh, Brandon Dunn, who, again, is from Myrtle Beach. He covers some stuff for the great places of Myrtle Beach. I'm going to let you hear from uh, Mr. Gorsa, Chase Simmons himself and why he chose Coastal Carolina. I reached out. You know, they took me in as family. You know, putting on all that weight, they realized that I really stepped up my game. You know, they know that I work hard, that I'll train hard for them. Uh, I mean, since day one, you know, since they've been recruiting me, it's been family, you know. So, I really felt the love going into it. And, you know, I went to my pastor about it, uh, had it preached up. And, uh, you know, my family was, was good about it. And, you know, why not ball at the beach, you know make a legacy for me and, uh, you know, help the, help the beach get better. You know, Coastal had a few more perks than, than you know, the, obviously the other schools did. Um, so, you know, I obviously reached to the, to the Coastal side of things and, you know, took that part, and uh, that was the main thing. There you go, Brett. Of course, uh, you're hearing there Chase Simmons, the big man who committed to go play football right in his own backyard, and that is, of course, uh, Coastal Carolina and the Chanticleers. We want to thank Brandon Dunn for that piece of work that he did there. But, uh, you know, he did what he did. He said what he said, and he has earned what he's earned. And that is an opportunity to, as he said, add to his, uh, add to his grind and add to his time and do all the fun things and right there in front of his own family. Not just his family inside his house, but the family around North Myrtle Beach, who it's not that far a drive, thanks to Highway 31, that gets you right down there in the backyard of Coastal Carolina, right off of uh, 501. But Jamie Chadwell has done a great job picking up this kid, 6'4", 250, big-time defensive end. Does he stay there? Does he go somewhere else as far as position? I don't know. 
But I know that this kid will do whatever is asked upon him. It will be a huge, and I mean a huge opportunity for him to, uh, well, quite frankly, step up and do something big. And, and I'm just excited for him. You know, I've had the chance, you know, I've had the chance uh, to do some things this past summer. And it was uh, a question of watching athletes, how to get to athletes, and where can they go to get better. Well, there was camps, not many, few and far between, but there were camps, like the one that we partnered with at Ben Lippin for the first time and then went to Atlanta with them, and that is the boys of Infinity, Infinity Football, where they had guys like Brandon Jacobs, the former NFL Super Bowl champion from the New York Giants. He was at Atlanta, and a few other big names were there, along with the ones that Ben Lippin. And then we went and part of another great camp, another great group of men who decided that they would do what others, well, quite frankly, couldn't do and coach them up. We went to Charlotte not once, but twice. In both of those trips to Charlotte, we saw Chase Simmons at the Carolina Experience Showcase. Got to partner with those group of men. Matter of fact, the second go around in Charlotte, I got a chance to be their TV guy and interview all the big dogs coming through. I thought that was a big deal. I really did. You know, uh, to have the opportunity, I thought that was huge. And uh, when you look at all of it, and you put it all in perspective, these camps did something that others couldn't do. Produce an opportunity to work out with a group of other guys, and a lot of them were their own teammates. And uh, it gave them it gave them a chance. It gave them an opportunity and a chance to do stuff that, well, quite frankly, they couldn't have done back in their backyard because their head football coaches couldn't train them, couldn't work with them. They couldn't be on their campuses. They couldn't be in their weight rooms. So what guys would do would be bringing them in and giving them a workout giving them some opportunities to get some numbers, like Infinity. A little bit different than experience over at Carolina guys and Charlotte. Infinity would focus on certain things. And for a guy that we may get in here in just a few minutes, Coach Todd Helms, by the way, the founder of about 12 charter schools in the state of South Carolina, both of them, two of them, excuse me, are playing football tonight. Great collegiate, which his son, by the way, was a quarterback there last year. Now is the third-string quarterback at Clemson. And I tell you something, if you're the third-string quarterback at Clemson, you could be the starting quarterback anywhere, right? Think about it. And then <laughs> he also has his hands on Oceanside, who plays tonight, which is where we will be for a countdown to kickoff. So maybe, just maybe, we get a surprise visit from Todd Helms just in a few to talk about the schools that are playing, to talk about the camps that he will be coming up in December. By the way, first Saturday of the month, the boys are back at it, but this time they're heading to North Carolina. So check the box, South Carolina. We saw you at Ben Lippin. Check the box, Georgia. We saw you back in July. 
And in December, we will see the state of North Carolina. That should be a fun time. And um, we'll wait and we'll see if we can get him in here. We'll wait and see, of course, uh, if he could join us. And again, I am covering for the legend Brandon Bisco Bing. In about two minutes, I'll take a break. I'll come back. Maybe Coach Todd Helms jumps in here. But again, I'm going to try to put everything together. I do know we have a guest at 8.15. We got a guest at 9 o'clock. And a few may show up here in just a quick few. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. And I believe he is with us. And that is Todd Helms right out of this. Don't go anywhere. He is a father of a Clemson quarterback. I talked to you about that guy. We'll talk about him as well. He's the founder of Palmetto Prep Academy, the AD of Pinnacle Charter Academies, 12 on board, by the way. And he does a lot with the group, as we call him, the Infinity Football Group. All that and much more, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. The truth can hurt you or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? I just want to be happy. But if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame. If I'm not happy, wasted time, but now I can see the biggest enemy, it was me. So I'm not happy. Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your hands. It won't change a thing, child, until you understand. If you're Look at yourself and say, Don't you wanna be happy? Yeah. I just wanna be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never start. So I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to Shout and raise your hand It won't change a thing Until you understand If I'm talking to you, then say If you're tired of being the same If you're tired of things I'm changing It's time for you to get out the way You've been there too long Say yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if you're tired of going in circles. Let me hear you say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tired of making the same mistakes. Let me hear you say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now's your chance. Let me hear you say yeah. Say yeah. Good morning, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman, covering from the man down and out right now, and that is Brandon Bisco Bing. This is Sports Unlimited, brought to you by Southern Sport Central. Here we are live and going to the line. We are right now with our coach, Todd Helms, the father of a Clemson quarterback. You might have heard of him when he played at Gray, but he is on the roster and playing big-time ball over at Clemson. That is, of course, Mr. Hunter Helms. We'll talk about that with the coach, and he's also uh, the founder of the Palmetto Prep Academy, the AD of Pinnacle Charter Academies, and many more, as he's also a board member of uh, the Carolina Bowl and Infinity Football. With that, we say good morning, Coach Todd. How's it going, buddy? Hey, guys. Good morning. How you doing? We're good. We're good. I got a call at 2 o'clock this morning and said, hey, I'm out. I can't breathe. I can't speak. I said, well, that doesn't make good radio, so let me get up and get ready to do something different on a Friday, man. Not a bad way to start Friday, hanging out with you and close of uh, all of our friends today, huh? I hear you, brother. It's a pretty day, man. It's time for some uh, football here tonight. Looking forward to it. Man, oh, man, I got him catching some heat, Coach. Oh, Coach Call, the bull shark down there at the Land Sharks facility. Couldn't believe I went against him and picked Camden. I said, look, man, if I've ever wanted to be so wrong, this might be it. I'm okay with being wrong on this one, but – Let's talk about Friday night real quick before we talk about a big camp coming up in December that we're going to be at with you guys, and we're going to bring in all of our closest friends around the country. But uh, it is Friday Night Lights. There's only eight teams per classification. About 20 of them will turn in pads tonight for the final time. But uh, there are two teams that I know that you got your eyes on, Gray in the upstate and 2A football in Oceanside in the lower state as they'll play at home. Tell me about these two teams and your thoughts this year on uh, high school football as we're into now we uh, round two of the uh, Elite Eight. 
Well, both uh, two of our schools uh, have had great years in football. Uh, Legion, of course, they're in year two up there, so they're in a brand new, you know, building a program process still. Uh, but uh, and they're done for the year. I think they end up uh, number uh, three in their region. And obviously, this year you've got to be one or two in your region to even make the playoffs, uh, which has kind of been a crazy year for a lot of people. I know uh, talking to some friends in the Upstate. Greenville uh, went six and one and didn't even make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. But uh, but Oceanside uh, they they finished basically undefeated uh, in their region, won their region. Uh, their only loss this year was to their sister school uh, sibling rivalry uh, against Great Collegiate Academy over there at Johnson Haygood Stadium uh, when those two played. And whenever they do strap it up, man, it's a barn burner. Uh, you know, every single year uh, Oceanside's got the better part of Gray the last few years, and uh, but. Uh, it's, it's been anywhere from a one-point game to a, a, a touchdown at the end of the ball game to see who wins that game. Uh, this year, obviously, Gray beat Oceanside 40-34 uh, to 34 in overtime, and it was another good one. But, but uh, Oceanside's got a tough one. They've got uh, Camden, who's undefeated. Uh, they're, they're a physical team. Uh, they, they ground and pound, man. They, uh, uh, basically, you got to stop uh, number four, 22. If you stop those two guys uh, running the ball, uh, you're going to win the ball game. And uh, so that's kind of what they've got to do tonight. And uh, But it's not a not an easy task at all. So I'd say the, the top three teams in my mind in all of 3A uh, are Oceanside, uh, Dillon, and Camden. So uh, right now tonight you're going to see, I think, two of the better teams in 3A in the whole state uh, match up and should be a good one. And that, that one is going to be over at Johnson Haygood Stadium tonight uh, there at the Citadel in Charleston. Uh, Great Collegiate's got Christchurch coming down. Uh, those guys are undefeated uh, so far this year, and um, uh, I feel like they should beat Christchurch tonight. Uh, Gray's um, got a much better defense this year than they had last year. If we had, we were very explosive last year, averaged 50 points a game. Uh, of course, Hunter Helms uh, was the start quarterback. He's at Clemson, you mentioned, and uh, put up a lot of points and uh, threw the ball over the field. But it, they're kind of a different team now. They're more of a uh, it's up to KZ Adams. Now it's his team. He's a, a, a three-year starter at running back. Uh, been starting since he was a true freshman, and he's a special kid. And uh, But their defense is, is way better there. But uh, I think they'll get by Christchurch, and then they're in a, a, a collision course for uh, Abbeville. And last year those two met in the uh, third round of the playoffs, and, and uh, it was uh, whoever got the ball last was going to win. Neither, neither defense could stop the other one. And uh, late in that game, Abbeville kicked a 35-yard field goal to uh, beat Gray 38-35. But this year, I think those those two are probably going to meet in the Upper State Championship, is my my guess. And uh, and then we'll see what happens. But uh, Abbeville's tough. I mean, they're probably better this year than they have been the last several years. Of course, last year Saluda got them, but it was the first year that they hadn't won the the 2A state championship. They've won it four years in a row prior to that. So. Uh, so it should be interesting. It should be a pretty night for high school football. Yeah, it definitely should be. We're live right now with Coach Todd Helms, father of the Clemson quarterback. He just heard a little bit about Hunter Helms, who, by the way, has seen some action, and it ain't costing him a dime. I tell you, to play free football, with uh, that being said, Coach, being a father, being a, a mentor, being a coach, being all the things, nothing in the world could be what you felt when you watched the boys head out and play at that rumbling wreck of Georgia Tech and watch your boy walk out there with that million-dollar smile that we've seen so many times on Friday Night Lights. Now you're seeing it on those Saturday showdowns. Man, 
Coach, uh, let's get a little family, a little personal here real quick. Uh, Hunter, no doubt, we knew he had it. Everybody around the state knew it. Clemson knew it. Now the rest of the country is seeing an opportunity for him. Even though he's ranked the number three quarterback on the depth chart, ain't bad company to be in because if you're number three at Clemson, you're probably number one in a lot of other major Power Five schools. Well, you know, he had uh, he turned down um, you know 18 Division One offers uh, at other uh, schools. Uh, Clemson obviously being the the biggest one, uh, but. Uh, Turned down 18, uh, you know, full scholarship offers actually to take a preferred walk on uh, year one. Uh, they needed two quarterbacks when uh, Chase Bryce decided to, to transfer out and went to Duke. He's starting for Duke now. But, uh, you know, they decided to bring in two uh, at last minute. And so uh, I know that uh, they were looking at four national quarterbacks. Uh, Hunter was one of them. And, uh, and then Dabo, uh, you know, handpicked Hunter. You know, that's what he told us. Uh, he. When we met that day at his office, he basically told us he'd watched all of Hunter's junior film and senior film, and he told Streeter and the other coaches that he felt like he could win with Hunter. And uh, and so he handpicked him and, uh, and basically just said, you know, come, and if you do what we think you're going to do, you know, you should be on scholarship by year two. And, and so he, he took a big chance, but he wanted to play at the highest level. He wanted to compete against the best. He's a competitor. And, uh, you know, a lot of people looked at that like, well, dude, everybody in that quarterback room is five-star quarterbacks, you know. <laughs> I think everybody there was the number one quarterback uh, in the country or, or, or up there when they were coming out of high school. And uh, But he, he loves that. He wanted to compete against that and, and, and test himself and push himself. Uh, uh, went in with uh, five quarterbacks there uh, in the quarterback room at Clemson, and uh, he's kind of worked his way up to number three. Uh, now, obviously, uh, uh, Georgia Tech that day, uh, some uh, the stars kind of aligned, and uh, you know DJ uh, had a, a sore shoulder and uh, was uh, um, I think had a sprained AC joint that day, but uh, he was coming off of that. But uh, and then uh, Tyson had broke his hand, and and uh, so he got an opportunity to go in early uh, after Trevor did his thing and uh, went out there and uh, uh, became the first uh, you know walk-on quarterback in uh, Clemson history to throw two touchdowns in a game, and also uh, broke another record. Um, uh, it was the first game ever that an ACC school had thrown uh, seven touchdowns. Obviously, Trevor had the first five, and uh, Hunter had the last two, but his last touchdown pass he threw uh, basically broke the ACC record. So so in, uh, go, it'll go down in trivia, sports trivia lore for Clemson. Uh, if you ask uh, who threw the touchdown pass to break the ACC record for seven touchdowns in a game, most people will probably say Trevor Lawrence, but the, the answer is Hunter Ham. So. <laughs> So, uh, but it's been fun. You know, he's been uh, he's made every trip. Uh, only 72 out of 120 on the roster uh, make all the away games. And uh, so, for a true freshman to get the the PT he's gotten in several games, and uh, and to be able to travel to to every single game uh, uh, has been big. He's having a time of his life, man. No doubt he is. We're proud of Hunter. I had a chance to meet him about this time last year over uh, at Barnwell as they had welcomed in. Uh, the Land Sharks. It was actually next week, but it had been a year ago, and the kid, man, just five-star dude off the field, five-star on the field, and that's why Dabo Sweeney and the boys are letting him do his thing over there with uh, the Clemson Tigers. Now, great segue, and again, making the most of your opportunity is something that you guys like to do over at Infinity Football. You guys are going to be doing it big, and you've hit now two states. You're hitting your third state in a camp on the 5th of December, it will be a day to remember for the state of uh, North Carolina, and Charlotte will be the home of this big-time camp where you're adding special teams. How about this? This is huge news 
for a lot of my good, good friends around the low country. One of those is Eugene, of course. I know he was ear to ear like Christmas morning when he saw this and will be like that on Christmas uh, Eve on the night before. That being said, let's talk a little about the Infinity Football Camp. And uh, what is Infinity for all those who are looking to get better but yet don't have the opportunity because of the situation that we're all in? Well, Infinity, first and foremost, is a technology company. A lot of people don't know that. But uh, uh, Infinity stands for In Football, In Technology is actually what it uh, – if you actually look at it, it looks like it says in Infinite, but it's in Infinity. Uh, T being the technology, but it stands for in, in football and technology. And uh, it's a computer software that uh, we always uh, affectionately refer to them as the nerds. Uh, two of our partners uh, are software guys and uh, uh, software, you know, the geek squad, uh, you know, what have you. But uh, uh, they built over uh, about a, a three to four year period, uh, they built that software uh, with a lot of input from coaches all over, including uh, people like, you know, Nick Saban and some folks at Alabama, and uh, anyhow, they put together an unbelievable software system. Uh, believe it or not, uh, your big schools like your Alabama's, Clemson's, um, for forever, even though they've got these huge budgets, they've been still working off of spreadsheets and whiteboards, which is kind of hard to believe. But So, so what this does, it's a recruiting, uh, it's a, it's a uh, roster and recruiting management system. Uh, where they can use, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a lot to it, so it's hard to, kind of hard to explain. But uh, the other part of that is on the, on the flip side is it's, uh, it's a basically a, a tool for players. So players and parents can use that same tool, and uh, there's a playbook that literally takes you from wherever you are in the process, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, wherever in the process, and there is a date line, uh, almost like a roadmap uh, playbook, what we call it, uh, to show you what, where you should be, what you should be doing at that exact same time in the recruiting process. And, uh, and then, you know, kids can uh, – they can join free. Uh, there's a free component to it. If you just um, uh, want to fill out a free profile, get in the system. Anybody will see you, you know, that, that, that goes into the system. Uh, but to basically, you know, be totally in the system, there's an elite membership uh, that you can join. And, um, and for example – uh, the matrix, and there's an algorithm and all that, but if coaches put in, for example, if a coach at any school says, hey, I'm looking for a quarterback, and I'll just use this, it's at any position, but if they say, okay, I'm looking for a quarterback that's 6'2 or, or taller, uh, 190 pounds up to a certain or whatever force, you know, whatever their 40 time is, whatever the matrix they put in, then they can literally say, boom, and hit, you know, and it may pull up 10, it may pull up 100 you know, kids nationally that fits that bill, but then all of a sudden it gives them those parameters that they're looking for at that position. So it's, it's really some cool stuff that the software does. But the other part of that is, uh, you know, camps. You know, we, um, we kind of, you know, normally camp season's over by now. Camp season usually runs from, from March till about July. But with this being a COVID year and, uh, you know, some, some states actually not even playing football this fall, we had coaches and players begging us to, you know, put on some camps. So, so we started you know, doing camps, and, uh, and camps are a big part of what we're doing, uh, not only to, you know, do some instruction and all that, but also to, you know, get measurables from, from all the, the players that are out there because uh, obviously there's, there's an extended dead period going on right now that looks like it's going to not only we thought it was going to end in January for colleges, and now it looks like it may go to April 15th, which is absolutely crazy. So, so – those kids are having to either 
you know, get on Zoom calls and, and do everything virtually with all these colleges, but they really can't see them. So the, the camps we have for those groups of kids, we had, you know, almost 500 in Columbia, uh, over 500 in Atlanta. Looks like we're going to be close to the same uh, in Charlotte. Uh, basically, all that data on all those kids goes out to all these colleges all over the country. So, so they're able to basically, you know, get – you know, verified heights, weights, you know, 40 times, you know, shuttle, uh, you know, verticals, all the matrix uh, that they're looking for. These colleges are, are able to get that information, so it's huge. Yeah, no doubt about that. As we're live right now with Coach Todd Helms talking about it, and it is going to happen on December 5th, Charlotte, North Carolina, Southern Sports Central, and a bunch of our closest dudes and dogs will be hunting for some of the best talent around the low country, around the state of South Carolina, around North Carolina, Georgia, Virginia. And I bet you, Coach, I'm betting you right now that there could be some kids from uh, Illinois because these cats like to travel. I haven't reached out to them, but I'm going to do us a solid and do just that because they travel in packs because they're looking for talent. They're looking for challenges. And that's kind of, you know, what you mentioned a little bit there. There's not a, a lot of teams – around different states. South Carolina, one of the blessed ones, out of a few, by the way, that got to see their season at least be played out for a lot of them, but not the case for North Carolina, Virginia. We mentioned uh, certain pockets of Illinois and St. Louis, of course, part of that in Missouri. And you even see down in Miami where it's kind of scattered. It's almost like a, a summer afternoon with scattered showers because the whole state's not playing. Some are, some aren't. How much have you had other states and, and high schools or what, what kind of communication have you heard that you guys, of course, continue to do what you're doing and finding pockets where they're not playing the game? Well, we had, uh, we've had kids come from all over, man. It's crazy. It, you know, they're just itching to, you know, get out there and, uh, and, and get some instruction and get on the field and, and do something, you know, football related. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, again, and I know you and I have talked personally and, uh, you know, my, my goal in, uh, in life is, is very simple. I think I mentioned to, to you, uh, you know, my goal is to, to honor God, to love my family and friends, to uh, give more kids opportunities. I feel like I do that through my schools and through the Carolina Bowl and Infinity Football. And, uh, of course, the big one, too, for me is to grow the sport of football. So so growing the sport of football is huge uh, for me. It's one of my missions in life. And, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina, we really don't have that issue, I don't think. And a lot of states, believe it or not, you know, uh, the numbers are down and have been down for years now as far as football goes. And, and so, so we want to get those numbers up. But, but I tell you, man, we've had kids come from all over. I know at, at the Atlanta camp, we had a big kid that uh, had zero offers, came in from St. Louis. And this kid was massive. He's 6'8", 325 pounds, can move, and uh, literally – uh, he left that camp, and with the information that went out about that kid from all the coaches that was there, uh, you know, in short time, that kid had four or five, you know, offers, and he, and he had an offer from Tennessee and Auburn and some big schools, too, kind of jumped on that kid. But he came all the way from St. Louis to go to that camp in Atlanta. Now, in Charlotte, I, I, you know, and I don't have the list in front of you, but I know I've seen it. Uh, we've got some kids coming in all the way from Ohio. There's some kids coming all the way down from Michigan, New Jersey, uh, all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina, just to participate in this camp. So it's crazy, man. Kids come from all over. It definitely is. Now, you talk about kids coming from all over and kids that do travel, the special teams. Boy, do they ever. I've seen them load up the stadiums over in Tennessee for the Coles uh, reunion, if they will, the version of what a lot of camps do. But this one is a specialized camp 
over in Tennessee. But this time, you guys are opening the doors to special teams. Coach, kind of tell me a little bit about adding that before we get you out of here for your 8 o'clock meeting. No, absolutely, man. We um, uh, Basically, we've had a lot of uh, you know specialist kickers uh, just begging us to add that to our camps. Uh, a lot of it's been you know wherever we're having a camp, whether we have the room or not to do that. Uh, it worked out this time in Charlotte uh, where we're doing our camp at Rocky River High School. Uh, they've been very good to us. And uh, uh, the good thing there is not only do we have a nice football stadium, but we have two really big, nice fields uh, adjacent to the stadium. And so we're going to put our middle schoolers on one field. The high schoolers will be in the, the stadium. And then we're going to put all of our kickers and specialists on that other other field. There will be times when everybody comes together on the big field too. Uh, but uh, – uh, so we decided to do that. So we're bringing some some kicker, uh, a bunch of kickers in and specialists. I know that Eugene's going to be there uh, uh, working. Uh, Eugene Benton's going to be there working with kickers. And I, I know that Coach Freddie Brown, uh, who's with us now, by the way, and uh, he used to put on all the uh, FBU football university camps all over the country, uh, is now with Infinity. And he's kind of uh, our head coach for our camp. So uh, he hasn't told me who his other kicker coach is. I need to find that out so we can put it out online. But but, uh, but we're excited about it. So, yeah, so kickers and specialists, uh, you know, go to uh, infinity.com, infinityfootball.com, and uh, go ahead and register. We'd love to see you up in Charlotte on December 5th. That's right. Hit it up, infinityfootball.com, December 5th. We're going to be hanging out over at Rocky River High School, two fields, three different groups. What does that mean? Middle school, high school, and special teams doing special things, and we're all going to get together at the end of it all to conclude what I would think would be a five-star performance as they've done it not once, but twice in two different states. And they hit their third state with Southern Sports Central Live for a few good hours with them as we'll do a couple of different shows, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. We'll, of course, let you hear any of the big announcements. We'll have, of course, this man who, of course, is Coach Todd Helms, and he is on the board over there with Infinity Football. Now, again, we cannot encourage you, push you, or even – drag you to this camp fast enough these camps are definitely definitely where you want to be with everything going on offers aren't coming in like they used to i say this all the time coach this at this point is a buyer's market what does that mean the buyer is the college the seller is the student athlete and right now there's a lot of student athletes but unfortunately there's not a lot of rooms available on uh hotel university land and that is where all the colleges are located like if you go through myrtle beach in july you're not going to find a lot of rooms available on a normal saturday afternoon on the grand strand coach for everything that you do i appreciate it the conversations we have on and off the air greatly appreciate it we look forward to continue growing together bonding together and partnering together to educate entertain and yet get our young men and women to that next level coach Guys, I appreciate what you do, man, and I appreciate you having me on this morning. And uh, looking forward to uh, maybe talking to you guys sometime next week. Y'all have a great weekend. Always, Coach. Thank you very much. All right, guys, there you go. That is the coach who uh, has done a lot of great things. I I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you something. God gives you the opportunity. You have to go out and make the difference, if you know what I mean. When he puts people in your path, you got to either answer the door, answer the phone, or sometimes just turn around because everything you need to know is going to be within the next five minutes of that first conversation. And when I met this man, it was an automatic, I knew it, 
I had to, without a doubt, jump a part of what he's got going on. And that was before infinity. That was when he had created and, and had the conversation of us working together with these schools that he's got his hands on. And that, of course, like Oceanside. And it's not a mistake that Joe Call ends up there as a head football coach after this relationship had already been built. So now I've got two of my close buddies working together, and I can't even imagine what Friday night lights are going to be like. It's going to be a little different for me, by the way, tonight, guys. Because why? Because I spent so many years with Joe up at Somerville as basically his PR guy, you know, his media guy. And now I'm going to be, of course, there doing a show. But when it's over, I'm going to be there as a supporter, a fan, a family member, a man that's going to sit there and watch a good friend of his, a brother of his, hopefully coach him up, get him ready, get the Johnnies and Joes and Jimmies and all the others that we can name here on the field and battling out for what's going to be. Should be a good one as we, of course, uh, will be live with Countdown to Kickoff, live from Johnson Hagen Stadium. You'll see, of course, Oceanside and Camden, the winner will probably, and I hate to say this, but I feel like Dylan's the team that's going to be up there uh, representing that lower part of the state in 3A. But how about two-way football? Great collegiate who came down to Oceanside and played them in some free football. Well, it wasn't free unless you look at overtime as free football, which I do. They actually found a way to win on the road in Johnson Hagen Stadium and knocked down Oceanside, who, uh, you know, Gray now will be playing Christ Church, who – Watch out, this team's coming out of somewhere. I don't know where, but they're winning. They're in round two, so they must be pretty good. They're part of the Elite Eight in 2A football. Winner of that one, well, they get Abbeville. Boy, talking about picking some straws. I don't know who's doing it over there, Coach, but we got to figure it out because the winner of this one's going to see a huge matchup following this weekend. But there's going to be a lot of that going on this weekend. You know, you look at if you can do it, you know, um, playoffs show you just that. You know, I was a part of a game last Friday night where I watched uh, a very, very good, solid, top-to-bottom, roster-heavy, I mean, balling-out team out of Fort Dorchester. Now, the Patriots went undefeated 7-0 and during the season. Great run, undefeated. Won their region once again. Did what they could. Had another 1,000-yard rusher in Dwayne. I can do everything right. Who looks and fits college rosters today. Why this young man doesn't have a home at this point, shame on you, colleges, because this dude did a 1,000 yards in four games. I'm going to try to get him at this camp, and you already know, because I got to get him recognized because he is one of those dudes that's a game changer. They've also got Keith Dessashore, number five. He's an athlete. Search up athlete, and this kid's face would show up. But unfortunately, on that Friday night, it was not their night. It just wasn't. It happens. And that's why Disney makes millions on Cinderella stories every single year. That's why you see teams that believe that if they just get in and do what they need to do, they're saying there's a chance. And for River Bluff, that night was last Friday night. And a team like River Bluff that runs the ball a lot, not only are they punching you in the ribs every 30 seconds, and sooner or later you might fall down, they're also eating away a lot of clock. Same goes for the likes of Camden with a one-two punch of a running back scheme and a running back who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. They've also got a quarterback that can do some important things like control the line of scrimmage, if you will, of the defense because he has a hard cadence call and a wide receiver that can get out there and do some things, not only with his hands, but catching, but with blocking. 
And then they've got a defensive side that's pretty impressive. But don't undermine the boys of Oceanside. And my boy Blue sitting back there, the little sophomore sensation running back who looks for a hole and finds a seam and fills it fast. Or a quarterback who's a junior who's been to this camp and many other camps who can sling it around as much as anybody can. And watch out for that defense, the linebacker core, who's solid as well. Ron Schauer is a guy who is transferred in, who is going to, and I mean going to be a name that you'll hear on that broadcast when the boys of Oceanside and the voices that represent them on the TV, the radio, and anything else that they do up in the stands, it's going to be a big game, and you want to be a part of it. I'll give you all that information in tonight's show over on Southern Sports Central. you got to click that link a little later this afternoon. Now, again, we do have a big-time guest coming on here at 815, Lou Bizjack. He's going to join us all the way from the great state of South Carolina in the capital city of Columbia. And we'll talk to him about all these games that are coming up. Again, there is a lot of games. And the one thing that I didn't mention is, uh, and I should have asked Coach Helms this, but he's got a meeting at 8 o'clock, and he, he blessed us with his presence with a last-minute request. And that's what friends do. They, they, they come calling when you call them, and they did just that with uh, him talking about Hunter, talking about the, 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 the opportunity that Hunter's getting, and he's making the most out of it. So proud of that cat up there in Clemson and Tigertown. But, you know, when you look at everything, you know, I'm curious because it is a question. Everybody wants to know who's going to be the new head coach in South Carolina. The Gamecocks are in the market for a head coach again. That's not a good thing. I don't like that. And I wish, man, do I wish Coach Will Muschamp would have made this one and made it for a long time and proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. I've met Coach Muschamp on many occasions, not just at a stadium, but in and around communities. And he's always been a first-class guy to me and my family. He treated my oldest son, Jacob. You know, we sat him down in the locker rooms in Columbia about three years ago after they got a big win. And, uh, man, he was so excited. It was right after, I want to say, they beat Florida. And uh, I want to say Florida. But either way, it doesn't matter. It was a win, was a win. And when it was all said and done, by the way, when it was all said and done, he sat down with Jacob in the locker room, and Jacob was having a conversation, almost like he was interviewing. <laughs> and he looks at me and said, Rich, man, your kids, he, he, that, that apple don't fall far from the tree. And I said, Coach, I'm going to tell you something. That kid right there could win in any trivia matchup you could ever imagine. At the time, Jacob was, what, he's 17 now? He might have been hitting 14 or 13, somewhere in that ball game, I think. But Coach Muschamp, for all that you've done for our state of South Carolina – you know, it, it wasn't an easy task, and that's why the, the Gamecocks, and we've had a lot of turnover in this one area in our life for some reason, and only a few have uh, left their marks. Coach Morrison was one of those, Steve Spurrier, without a doubt, but uh, Lou Holtz, you know, we, we talk a lot about a lot, but to me, I think Lou Holtz is the guy that put South Carolina on the map. Once the 90s came and went, and we got into the 2000s, I, I really felt like he took us to that next step, cleaning up a few things, putting some new paint on some new walls, doing some things. Didn't end the way he wanted it to. Didn't end the way that Steve Spurrier wanted it to. And it definitely didn't end the way that I would believe Will Muschamp wanted it to. So for the last three, the endings haven't been very much of a lifetime. Well, it probably hasn't been more of a lifetime, but it definitely hasn't been a hallmark moment. So we are going to take a break, and it'll be about a 30-second second break we gotta have a caller on the 864 i'm gonna come to you at the top of the hour if you want to jump on and speak some football we're more than welcome to do that 
right out of this, guys. You're listening to Sports Unlimited. I'm covering for the big man, Brandon Bisco, being live in the studios of Southern Sport Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. Hour number two. Look at that. Right out of the break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin, covering for the big man, Brandon Bisco Bing. Sports Unlimited, right here on your Friday morning, Southern Sports Central style, coming to you from the studios and the bright lights of Charleston, South Carolina, the holy city, if you will, right along the coastline. It is the number one destination in the world, and my friends, I get to wake up here every morning. But today, I wake up in hour number two with a little different feel, with a analysis opportunity, if you will, with a guy that I've talked to a few good times off the air, but for the first, he gets that sticker on his helmet, and that is Coach B with the South Carolina High School Blitz. What's up, Coach? Hey, how you doing, Richie? Nice, brother. We're glad to have you, man. You've been tuning in for the last 30. I was thinking, man, I hope he hangs on. I hope he hangs on. and didn't know it was you, and you did just that, man, and uh, I appreciate you hanging out with us this morning. I tell you, man, good to be here. You guys had a great, great first hour, man. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> that makes me feel good when I got a call at 2 o'clock this morning that Brandon isn't feeling well. So, you know what we got to do in our positions? You hold it over there in the high school blitz. Uh, of course, uh, we're all the same team and the same dream. But that being said, you know, I just looked up and I said, well, all right, let me get another two hours of sleep, get up and get ready for a show that I got to put together in about – Three hours, so four three hours. But yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's what. Hey, that's the quarterback in me, coach. I saw the defense moving on the other side. I got to get an audible in, so I did just that. Here we are in hour two, hanging out with you. Well, man, I'm glad to be here. I mean, uh, you guys had. I mean, like I said, it was unbelievable. I mean, those guys at uh, Coach Helms, and I mean, you know, I just really, really enjoyed the whole conversation. 
But and, and you know the cool thing is they're they're all part of our family too, right? I mean we're all working together, right? They're part of this big game coming up uh, on I believe what is it December twentieth, right? The Junior Bowl is yep. going to be held over at Ben Lippin. We actually talked about Ben Lippin. See how God works, man. It's all one big circle. I don't know why we make it so hard. But uh, it's going to be December 20th. Ben Lippin is going to be the location. It is going to be uh, the upstate versus the lower state. And uh, for all those who don't know, of course, Coach B is part of this conversation. He is part of the, the staff over there at the South Carolina High School Blitz, our partner company in the upstate. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, taking us all to the next level with all these 88, 88 imagined imagine the greatest players in the state of South Carolina getting together on one field. And that's what will happen on this day of December the 20th, uh, Coach. How's everything going? I, I know some things have kind of been moved around a little bit. We're working with COVID, but we're doing a good job. You guys are doing a great job putting things together. we got a lot of great sponsors that have jumped on board for this ride. Oh, yeah. A lot of great sponsors. Uh, we're still getting sponsors every day. Uh, I think uh, Ken announced yesterday that uh, Shut, uh yep. is going to be the sponsor for uh, – the football game, and uh, I mean, you know, we just got a, a lot of amazing partners. Uh, Phenom Elite providing the jerseys, and you know, going to give the, the kids a little bit of bling when they get there. I mean, you know, it's just just amazing, amazing partners, amazing. Yeah, it is definitely the word that I would use for sure because there's been so many, so many that have jumped on board and said, "Hey, we want a piece of this opportunity." And even Ken and yourself and Miss V, by the way, did a great job last night on her broadcast. She does uh, the, uh, the South Carolina High School Blitz show on Thursday nights from 6 to 9 here on Southern Sports Central. Did a great job. She's filling it in and doing it right. And I can't even imagine what 2021 is going to look like for that young lady. She uh, loves talking to her babies, as she said. And Chase Simmons was one of those, I believe, that got in with her. But, you know, you, you start to see this this class coming up. Well, we're going to be saying goodbye to the class of 21, but this class coming into 22, and we'll see them firsthand in a couple of weeks over there at Ben Limpin at 1 o'clock. You know, what are some of the things that you're most excited about? And I do know, by the way, I think uh, there's a uh, fastest man contest that I'm hearing rumors about who's the fastest amongst the state of South Carolina. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we've invited uh, 25 guys um, throughout the state. Um, to compete in the high school blitz fastest man challenge. Um, some of these kids, I mean, you know, they're hundred times ten eight, ten nine. Um, some of the forty times four three. I mean, we got some really really quick kids going to be out here competing for this uh, one of those high school blitz belts. I mean, you know, uh, uh, they're very very excited. Um, I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, like I said, from the top from the top of the state to the bottom of the state, we got some real, real good kids that's going to be out here competing for that. And I tell you what, you know, they all like competition, but let's just be honest. My son, at the age of nine, this is my youngest one, you know, we, uh, we're talking about getting baptized. And he's dad, you know, I got to do it. I said, well, what's, what's going on, dude? Talk to me. He goes, well, I mean, you know, you, you get a free T-shirt, the devil can't get you. I said, oh, the devil? He said, yeah, but get a free T-shirt. Well, for these kids, it's the same thing. It's, well, yeah, I can go play some competition, probably the best in the state. But, man, I get an opportunity to win a belt. 
I mean, let's be honest. These kids all speak the same language, and that's swag you. You guys over there at the Blitz, man, do an incredible job with Ken and yourself, Miss V, and a few others uh, to be named as well that just constantly put together great things. And, and we're, we're very blessed to be a part of what you guys are doing. Well, man, it's um, – I mean, we got a great partnership. I mean, you guys, I mean, are a phenomenal partner. I mean, you know, and, and I can't say enough about the respect that I have for you and your organization. I mean, it's just tremendous, a tremendous partnership, and uh, I look forward to uh, um, next year. We're going to – I mean, it's going to be even better. I mean, we got a lot of – a lot of things on the horizon. I mean, I know you know, and we just hadn't brought it out yet, but it's right. 2021 is going to be amazing. I mean, you know, for high school blitz, and uh, uh, it's just, I mean, it, I just can't say enough about it. I mean, you know, we going through this pandemic, and uh, I mean, you know, as far as the recruiting for the class of 2020, one, I mean, 2021 is, I mean, it's it's been, I mean, these guys are going through some issues that, you know, uh, nobody's ever had to go through before. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, it's very, very difficult. I mean, I see a lot of kids that in normal situations would, would have multiple, multiple offers. I mean, there's some kids out there that, you know, if uh, coaches were allowed to, come to uh watch and play um they would i mean you know film just doesn't do everybody justice sometimes you got to get that in person type uh view of it uh because film doesn't doesn't tell you that that kid that plays linebacker also has to carry the ball on the offensive side 35 times mm-hmm. i mean and it just i mean that in in when when they come and they see that this kid, the motors and the 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 well, the way the kid is able to be coached up on the sideline and the way he keeps his teammates up, the character, I mean, all that goes into if you're going to get that offer or not. It's not just how you play on the field; it's how you respond to adversity and how you are a good teammate. Your hustle. I mean, you know, and it's, it's just so much that these 21 guys are not being able to, to get, um, you know, because of the pandemic and the situation that we're in. Yeah, no doubt. We're live right now hanging out in the upstate with uh, one of our own guys that we, we love very much, we appreciate even more, and that is Coach B. He, of course, is one of the uh, heavyweight partners with Southern Sports Central. He is representing the South Carolina High School Blitz this morning. We're going to, of course, uh, make sure that we cover all of our I's and T's here with the Junior Bowl coming up, and that is the date set, December 20th, 1 p.m. It will be at Ben Lippin. You will also get a chance for the, the 25 guys that say that they're the fastest in the state of South Carolina. Well, you better put the... Uh, the, the 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 rubber hits the road, if you will, come uh, that day, if I'm not mistaken. There, coach. Uh, anything else that that maybe uh, that's maybe have changed in the last couple of days, or maybe just something that we want to kind of get the word out to those that are listening. Is there a capacity that we know 
on the venue. I know I've been there. Miss Vian actually covered the first Infinity Camp that was at Infinity, excuse me, at Ben Lippin over in July. But big stadium, great facilities. I mean, state-of-the-art facilities, by the way. So I'm looking forward to them hosting it with a great head coach as well over at Ben Lippin. But anything we need to know before we cut you loose, Coach? Well, um, the capacity that we're going to be able to to take is going to be less than 1,100. So uh, it's going to be 1,100 fans that are going to be allowed to come in. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, start selling the tickets online. Uh, ben Lippin's been gracious to help us with that. Uh, we'll announce once when that whole process is going to start, um, I advise everybody to get their tickets early. I mean, you know, we're going to have, once again, some of the top 88 football players in the state of South Carolina. I mean, you're going to have four- and five-star kids. You're going to have three-star kids. You're going to have kids with no stars but are, mm. are exceptional athletes. I mean, you know, uh, it went a lot of planning went into selecting these kids, and um, it, it's just going to be amazing. Uh, it, I, I wish that, you know, we wasn't in the pandemic, uh, and, you know, because this, this game could easily, easily have nine to 10,000 fans. Uh, to be able to only limit it to 1,000, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, every not, everybody's not going to be able to see it, but um, right now I think Ken's in negotiation with a couple of um, TV uh, venues where they can, they're going to live broadcast it possibly. I mean, you know, we're still in negotiation with that stuff, but um, hopefully all that works out. Uh, I mean, I just welcome everybody to come on out to Ben Lippin and see uh, – one of, probably one of the best football games you'll ever see. It's going to be so evenly matched. I mean, especially with some of the kids that have agreed to play, it's going to be matchups at receiver and cornerback, and it's going to be offensive line against defensive line. It's going to be so many outstanding matchups. I mean, and then when the first group goes out and you got the second group that comes in, it's, once again, still going to be amazing matchups. I mean, and we're going to uh, honor these kids. We have a scholastic award that we're going to be giving out with uh, one of the kids with the highest GPA. We're going to give them one of those uh, high school blitz belts. Uh, We're also going to uh, honor um, the uh, team MVP. We got um, a great sponsor that's going to sponsor a belt for them, we're going to honor the best offensive lineman, best defensive lineman, the wide receivers, um, the linebackers, everybody, every position uh, out there. We're going to have a bell, um, and the coaches are going to vote on that at the end of the game, and we're going to recognize some amazing athletes um, in this game. I tell you what, it is going to be an amazing opportunity in a venue that you don't want to miss, and that is going to be the South Carolina High School Junior Bowl taken on over there on December 20th, 1 p.m. Ben Lippin is the location. We'll get you more information about it. 
Coach B, God bless you. I'll put you on uh, the blue button, which parks you. You can listen to the rest of the show. I got a break because we got to head to Columbia, where Lou Bizjack from the state is going to check in with me here right out of this, buddy. Appreciate you, Coach. I'll call you after the show, and we'll talk a little more. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. All right, guys. There you go. Quick one. And I mean, real quick, get your coffee to the top, because when we come back, it is all Lou Bizjack, the best in the biz, over at the state paper right out of this, guys. everybody a short one like i mentioned about a minute into that great song bethune cookman the let's go cheer if you will they are not doing a lot of playing down there yet hopefully uh, bethune cookman will see next year to be a better year than this year they did announce their football season will not take place in 2020 or that spring of 21 but no worries the greatest band in the land down there in uh, daytona beach will be rocking and rolling once again here real soon. But rocking and rolling, we go to the capital city with Lou Bez. Jack, Lou, I'm filling in for Brandon, who's down and out, not feeling well. So I want to thank you for keeping up and hanging out again with me again this week. No problem, Richie. How you doing today? I'm good, man. We're just glad to have you in. It's Friday, man. It's football. There's, what, Elite Eight is happening around the great state of South Carolina. I know we covered some stuff, but may have a few different listeners here tonight or this morning. See, I'm still in my evening mode. And uh, let's talk about it, man. Great matchups around. Give me kind of your breakdown as far as uh, who we look forward to tonight as uh, you win, you're in, you don't. Well, you turn in some pads. <laughs> yeah, it should be really good matchups around the state. Um, I think Gilbert Dillon's going to be one in 3A and another 3A matchup. Uh, Chapman and Dan you know, should be also really good. Um, uh, Northwestern Dorman also should have – be a really good matchup. Uh, Flora and South Point, uh, see if Flora can live up to the hype that they've been getting and uh, they they deserve. So got to go on the road against South Point, though. But if they win, we'll be at home next week. So uh, and see the two underdogs in uh, Upper State and 4A and Irmo and uh, Catawba Ridge, who both won their first round uh, games on the road. And now Irmo gets them at home and see – see if they can move on and maybe possibly play their uh, region foe for uh, next week. Should be a good weekend of football Friday night at its best. And uh, you start to kind of look at everything, Lou, and uh, here locally, you know, the state, uh, we, we focus here a lot around the state, but we are in the low country. We had 10 teams knocked out out of 13. It was Friday the 13th. It was 2020. Why did we not expect it to be a 
very awkward, strange, and uh, record-setting in the wrong way, by the way, of having that many teams bounce out in, in week one. But three remaining. You've got, of course, two teams down in that Buford area, Well Branch and Buford. They'll be playing. And, of course, Oceanside is going to be hosting as well. Your thoughts on uh, the three teams down here in the low country and then touch a little bit about the teams in the Grand Strand where Brandon usually is coming from because Myrtle Beach, matter of fact, is that team taking on Buford. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be one of the best matchups of, of the weekend. And um, Buford, not too many people have been talking about them, and they've had a pretty good year. Uh, they had a couple weeks early on with the coronavirus but and missed some games, but uh, I think they're really strong. they got a good balance attack of uh, quarterback Tyler Haney. Um, and and then they're playing a powerhouse like Myrtle Beach, but that's uh, defending lower state champs. Uh, they got a ton of talent, and you look at the two Division One receivers they got, and Randall and Jones, and then uh, Ryan Berger, who was hurt in the last game against North Myrtle Beach, but came off the bench and played last week. So they're going to need him to play well. And um, Buford, it's been about a decade since they they made it to the uh, state semifinals. So that's what they're trying to do, and they're at home and. And they got a really strong defense too. They're giving up about 180 points a game, 180 yards a game, and uh, so they're going to be put to the test tonight against Myrtle Beach for sure. Yeah, it should be a good one. Now, when you look at Well Branch, and you, and you know this is a team that, that, quite frankly, if I think last year they made a little run, anyways. I mean, they kind of were that uh, Cinderella story, but you don't get that. You don't get that slipper twice, do you, Lou? How does that work out when you uh, showed up last year and here you are again making some headlines? Well, it's a little different this year because they're in 1A instead of 2A. Um, and that's But they went undefeated. They've been blowing everyone out. And uh, definitely it's going to be a, a challenge play, playing Bamberg tonight, who's a tradition uh, used to being there in 1A. And they, they got a really strong defense as usual. Um, but uh, Will Branch, they, they rely on the running game. I think they got three guys with over 500 yards rushing on the season. Um, they, their defense is really solid. They uh, special teams they, they've scored on, and uh, I just think it, it's going to be a good game. They're going to go on the road, and like I said, Bamberg has been there, and they know they had a little scare last week against C. Murray, but um, uh, the way their defense plays and uh, they're tough at home, so it, it should be a good matchup, but I wouldn't be surprised if Will Branch is able to move on uh, next week. Now, they're coached by, if I'm not mistaken, Coach Crosby. Is that who coaches Bamberg still? Yeah, I'm not sure which Crosby, because one, one, one's at OW and then another's at, yeah, yeah. They're kind of, yeah, they're spread out a little bit there, but nevertheless, it's hard to count out a team like that. Now, the one thing you mentioned and Wren comes to mind, too, because, you know, Wren, the team that, I don't know, won a 4A state championship. Here they are in 3A. They're playing, by the way, tonight. You know, these teams that have moved around in classifications still doing what they do because they still have a lot of the same guys that were there last year. Your thoughts on the reclassifications of a lot of teams, but yet it seems like teams like Well Branch and Wren and a few others still finding ways to win and doing it at whatever level they are found on a Friday night. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's helped uh, to win at a higher level. And then when you have to move down, uh, they are able to do it. I know um, that that's the case with Irmo, who struggled a little bit in 5A. Now they're in 4A, and they, they win a playoff game for the first time in eight years. And uh, I think that they're better fit where they are in 4A. Ren, uh, like I said, they're, they're 
<laughs> they showed they can uh, win a 4A state championship last year, and they, they're missing some of the pieces, I mean, with graduation and that. But um, still, I mean, they, they got tested last week, but they're, they're able to – Coach Tate's been doing a long time. It doesn't matter what uh, classification <laughs> he's in or what, what division. And uh, he showed – he showed that last week. That was a tough win over uh, Fairfield Central in the first round. So, yeah, I think, like you said, some teams have benefited from the move. I think Irmo for sure and Wellbranch, I think. I mean, I think Wellbranch would have been able to do what they're doing in 2A, but uh, going to 1A has uh, helped them as well. Yeah, you know, there's a team in Abbeville, by the way, that plays 2A football that's pretty good. They'll play Chesney. The winner of that will play either – Great Collegiate or Christchurch, we pretty much, I think we're, we may not be liked by those at Christchurch or even those at Chesney when we say that we feel pretty comfortable, Lou, that Abbeville and, and Great Collegiate will be battling it out here coming up next week. Is that kind of like the dream matchup, though? Because I get it. Andrews, I feel, will beat Peleon, and I feel like Barnwell will find a way. They do what they do. But it really, to me, with all due respect to the lower state, it feels like Abbeville is kind of in their own world, even with their fan base. And then Great Collegiate is even stronger than they were last year, and that's saying goodbye to a quarterback who's now at Clemson. Yeah, I mean, when the brackets came out, you knew, I mean, as long as – or when you saw that Abbeville was going to be on one side, Gray was going to be on another, they were kind of on a collision course. And I think that's going to be the case. I mean, no no disrespect to Chesney, who's had a pretty good year and had a tough game against Newberry in that opener. Um, and Gray's has been pretty much – uh, beating everyone big. Uh, they got that big win over Oceanside uh, right before near the end of the regular season. So uh, I think uh, they everyone's kind of been pointing to this matchup since last year. They met in the, the the upper state semifinals, which was a really good game that Abbeville won. And then Abbeville losing the next week against Saluda. I know they've been motivated to come back. And, I mean, they've been dominated. They shut out every team except one. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a tough task for Chesney, especially on the road. Um, I think they're honoring uh, the Abbeville's 2010 team tonight too. So it's gonna it's gonna, a, lot, a lot going against Chesney. And uh, like I said, Gray's offense has uh, really been. Um, I know they lost Hunter Helms, but Trey Robinson's been really good. Uh, he not only throws the ball, he runs the ball. And then Casey Adams been one of the state's best the last two years. Um, I think he's up 1,400 yards uh, this season. He had a 2,000 last year. So uh, to do what he's been able to do the last few years. They got a really good offensive line, and uh, some their defense is a lot better, I think, than last year, and in a better position, I think. Should they play Abbeville again to uh, give them to, I think, have a chance to maybe pull off the upset next week. Live right now, hanging out with Lou Bez Jack. He's in the capital city of South Carolina. The state paper is where his office is located, but it is his backyard. Is the entire state of South Carolina does an incredible job updating us, educating us, and entertaining us in the internet world, as well as that thing we call a newspaper. I still get it. I don't know about you guys, but it's nice to have some material in front of you that doesn't, of course, uh, get hacked, if you will. Now, that being said, let's talk about 4A and a headline that I'm interested in, and that is North Myrtle Beach. Are they as good as we think they are? I know we're going to have in here a little later Brandon Dunn from the Myrtle Beach area. But they seem to be pretty strong. They did get Chase Simmons to stay in their backyard. Coach uh, over there, Chadwell, takes a lot of that 
under the belt. He'll put him in a suit next year. But before that, he's got to take out North Augusta. North Myrtle Beach does at least. Myrtle Beach, we just talked about them playing Buford. But on the other side, uh, AC Flores, kind of that big heavyweight matchup. Who is uh, or who would you say would be the top two teams that you're looking at going at when it's all said and done here in a couple weeks? Well, uh, before the playoffs, I'd pick North Myrtle Beach versus AC Flores, and I'm definitely not going to change now for sure. Uh, I just think more North Myrtle Beach is really strong, that running game with <clears throat> their option that they run and um, the way they handled Myrtle Beach in that regular season finale. I know <clears throat> both of the schools – hoping that they face each other again uh, for a rematch. I know Myrtle Beach would like that, but North Myrtle Beach, I think uh, their program, um, not gone under the radar, but um, they, they want that, that take that next step. And the next step would be making it to an upper lower state championship and playing for a state championship. And they definitely have the tools to do that this season. Um, and uh, we have a tough test in North Augusta tonight. Uh, uh, Coach Bryant's done a really good job in his first year at North Augusta. He won uh, state championships at, at Havelock and uh, was pretty good at Freedom High School as well. And Coach Farrell Cooper, so he's I think got North Augusta going in the right direction. But I think this is kind of North Myrtle Beach's time, and if uh, this is the year that they could possibly make it to a state championship, I, I think it, it could be this year for sure. And it could be a matchup coming up next week if uh, Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach wins. It'll be a rematch. It's hard to beat somebody twice, but uh, we may get that opportunity to see it next week up there on the Grand Strand. They put in a light show in the, of course, up in the above in the lights. They put a light show down on the football field. North Myrtle Beach and the Chiefs seem to be a very big household name here in 2020. Now let's go to 5A real quick before I ask you some questions about a meeting that took place the other day in the South Carolina High School League uh, in the in the upcoming winter sports. But uh, 5A, Dutch Fork, here we go again. Tom Knox, man, hey, look, you can't go against the guy. He knows what he's doing. He's proven it. He's got rings. He's got trophies. He's got everything. And another opportunity coming up tonight, Carolina Force, Sumter. The Gamecocks will see River Bluff. Didn't think they were going to see them. But watch out. Don't overlook number four, Gamecocks. That dude over at River Bluff is the truth. And then on the upstate, you talked about T.L. Hannah and Gaffey. Man, that one is going to be one I wish they would have played tomorrow and then Dorman and Northwestern. What do we like out of this one when it's all said and done? Yeah, I think Dutch Fork definitely the, the favorite. They might not be as dominant. They, I mean, they're going for their fifth straight championship, uh, maybe of the group, maybe it's of the group, but still uh, formidable. I mean, they've, uh, I think, 47-game unbeaten streak. Um, Carolina Forest comes in. I mean, uh, Coach Morris has done a great job there, and they made it to the lower state championship last year against Dutch Fork. So playing them again, and I haven't already played them last year, I don't think they'll be as in- intimidated. They won't have that, that wow factor when, when they arrive tonight. Um, and uh, you mentioned River Bluff uh, pulling off the upset last week against with Dorchester, now got to go to something and try and do it again. And Coach Harden, uh, this group's very confident. Um, uh, their defense is playing really good, shutting down Fort Dorchester's offense like they did and running the ball. They run that option with uh, Riley Myers, who's um, who's really turned it on in the last three or four games. And Jackson Stone's a pretty good quarterback. And then they got a guy going to Syracuse and Kendall Long that can kind of stretch the field. Um, so should be uh, two good matchups in the lower state. And then 
like I said, you got Northwestern Dorman, T.O. Hannah, Gaffney. I mean, there's four powerhouse programs right there, and uh, it definitely will get your money's worth whichever game you would go to tonight. And um, I know Northwestern had been down for a few years, but now they're back, and uh, Dorman's looking to get back to a third state championship in the last four years. Hannah's played in the first state championship a couple years ago, and uh, Gaffney, it's been a few years, and um, they, they got that win earlier in the year in Dorman, and I know Dorman would like a, another crack at them, so it should be uh, two great matchups in the upper state tonight. Hanging out right now with uh, the man with the plan, and that is Lou Bizjack with the state paper, doing a phenomenal job as always, covering it across the great state of South Carolina, some of the best high school football around the country right here in our state. We brag about the per capita thing, and that is we put more kids in the NFL per capita. That's right, per capita, look it up, than anybody else in the country. So we got ballers, and you want to read about it, you want to hear about it, you can do that with Lou Bezjack right here, right now on Southern Sports Central. Now, Lou, the destination for all of these guys, right, is to hit that state championship. Now, it was announced that they would be at Spring Valley, and that is the 2A and the 3A, in the 4, 5, and 1, which is kind of different. I'm curious your thoughts on how they separated this is going to be at Benedict College, who has hosted normally the ones and twos. Now, this came out uh, just a few days ago. What's your thoughts and uh, kind of break down how the venues were chosen and the teams that would play in them? Well, they wanted a central location, keep it central, and uh, definitely Columbia had a, a bunch of options. Uh, Commissioner Singleton didn't really go in depth when I asked him what other venues were considered. He said some colleges and some high schools. Um, so I know some – I think maybe Dorman or Spartanburg was considered in the upstate. And um, I think they wanted, though, to keep it in the same market. I mean, which it would in uh, Columbia have in Benedict and Spring Valley, two good venues. And the capacity is going to be about, I think, 1850 for the games at Spring Valley and 2000 at Benedict. Um, And uh, you'll have a Friday night game, uh, one each. And then Benedict will host two on Saturday. I'm thinking probably the one and either 4A or 1 and 5A, and then whatever's not on Saturday will be on Friday, and then um, maybe 2A on Friday night, 3A. We'll know that probably this week, um, probably on this, this coming week, so that we'll know when, when you're going to be playing. Um, so it's going to be different. Like I said, the, each school is only going to get 700 tickets, and then you figure you do the calculation there. There's only going to be a few hundred extra for uh, pre-sale. Um, I mean – to go out to the general public. So you definitely, luckily the games will be streamed and be on TV around the state. So, but it's going to be, uh, I know tough. I know people love to go to games and I would hate it if I was a fan and not, not being able to get in, but even this, even the fans of the school, I mean, you're going to get your parents in and that, but the student section, which is a big part. I mean, they're not going to be a huge student section at these games. So just what it is uh, for this year. And hopefully you can, just get through this year and that uh, we haven't had any tests or cases. Uh, it looks to be for a second straight week in the playoffs, so that's also a good sign. Yeah, it's definitely looking bright, that's for sure. Now, before, you know, uh, we get you out of here, we do appreciate you jumping in here with normally Brandon Bisco being here this morning on Sports Unlimited and hanging out with me here this morning. Uh, there was a meeting this past week, but before we talk about the spring sports plan, the proposal notes, and again, it looks very similar to what we are seeing in football. Basketball is starting to become a thing, right? There's already some practices. The cuts have been made for the most part, unless you're still playing football. 
what are some of the headlines, if you could break down quickly, that we are going to see any differences, rules, any accommodations, or how many people can be in the gymnasiums, or that per, I would say, region versus certain regions? What do we know when it comes to the winter sports coming up here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, preseason tournaments actually start uh, Monday for some, I mean, that are going to do preseason tournaments. Capacity is basically going to be left up to each district or each school. Um, I know, like, at the Lake Murray tournament here in Lexington and Lexington and White Knoll hosting, I think the capacity is going to be 180 uh, for the schools. And uh, schedules are going to be a little bit different. I think most of the schools have adopted uh, the play the same team each when when they get in the region play, play the same team um, twice in the same week. So that way, if there is cancellation or whatever, you only have to make it up one game. And I think they're, you're going to leave a little bit of space uh, at the end of the season um, in case you got to do make-up games. I know uh, uh, some of the schools here, uh, like the one school district, Richland 2, it's not letting its teams play in any tournaments. They're letting them do like one-day showcases but no tournaments. Um, uh, Richland 1 is not letting its teams play in any tournaments after Christmas. So you're going to see just little things like that. And um, uh, as far as capacity, I mean, there'll be a lot of precautions you got to take, you know, wear a mask when you arrive and stuff like that. Fans are going to have to wear a mask as well and just basing on the bench and just stuff, just little stuff like that. And um, uh, they still haven't decided where they're going to host the state championships, kind of like football. It's, it's, I think it's you'll find out maybe in a month or two uh, um, Florence, Civic Center is uh, going to be definitely was one of the main options uh, talked about because the Bon Secure Wellness Center and uh, Greenville is not an option. They they have events that day. So and it's going to be spread out probably over instead of just uh, two days, you might see them spread out over four days, um, the, the state championships. And then the lower and upper state championships might not be at a neutral site. I think they might uh, then could be at a neutral site or they you might just the higher seed or whoever in the bracket, the home team might be hosting there. So it's going to be a little different. And that way, once we get to the postseason, then like football, only the top two are going to make it from each region, which is going to make some really good region races and a lot of competition to get those top two spots. Lou, before I head over to the spring meeting that just took place this past week, wrestling, it is on the docket. It is going to be, played if you will on the mat they will find out who's the top of it all is this a sport to you and again i've got a lot of respect for anybody that goes through the condition and they do in wrestling those are the type of dudes you want to walk down the street with because they literally starve themselves and i think that right there is a sport in itself that being said are you surprised that we're going to be playing or, or or we're going to be going at this one sport that is a very close contact sweat on sweat body on body literally contact sport come on yeah, I don't have – I mean, I think that's going to be the toughest to play as far as um, uh, trying to get through a full season out of all the sports. But, yeah, they, they'll uh, they'll be starting on December 14th with the first uh, official match. They're already starting to practice. Uh, they've started practices. They did theirs a little different. They started a little a week later, and then you went straight from – they didn't let you go – contact first they they've conditioning first so yeah it's going to be the most challenging and i think some of these big tournaments that they used to have during the season i don't think um i don't think you're gonna i mean they might be held without fans this year so that or limited attendance and the precaution or the 
sanitary measures that you're going to have to have. You're going to have to spray down the mats after each match, and which pretty easy. Those the stuff they have the spray. I mean, it dries pretty quick in like a minute or so. So, but just different uh, things, and it's going to take a little bit longer, uh, I think, to get through a tournament or uh, whatever a dual match or a tri match. But yeah, it's going to be the most challenging of all the uh, sports that are played uh, either in the fall, winter, or the spring. Live right now, wrapping it up here, Lou Bizjack, the state, as he has blessed us this morning with an opportunity to talk high school sports, and we're now into the spring, and it was a meeting that took place middle of the week with our commissioner, putting it all together with all spring sports. We'll start the first official practice on February the 1st. Of course, some other notes and news came out of this one. Kind of give us a recap, kind of a short version, if you will, there, Lou, as I know you've got some things coming up here in a few minutes. Yeah, as the, the spring version, um, like you said, February 1st for all school, uh, uh, spring sports. Uh, usually they have a, which is called an open season, which would start um, like early December and run through the end of January. You would get 20 practices, um, these sports, to do uh, between that time and uh, before your official started season. But that that's canceled. They know a uh, no uh, open season, but uh, for baseball, what they did uh, because trying to get in softball, trying to get the arms ready and that they uh, they push back the start of the regular season. I mean, the practice will start on the first, like you said, but uh, the uh, first uh, regular season game is not going to be until March 15th. I think the first preseason tournament is going to be March 5th, which is about a week and a half or two weeks later than normal, and then. Um, you're going to have to start at the end of the season is going to be pushed back. So you're looking at um, playoffs starting May 15th and then the state championship series um, won't start until June. They'll be June 1st through 5th. So a few weeks later than normal and uh, same, same rules in, in place as far as the top two in each region uh, for all spring sports as well. It's uh, going to be universal this year. I know uh, some spring sports coaches weren't too happy about that just because, I mean, they had their whole spring taken uh, season in the playoffs last year, but I can see why they're doing it. And it's actually going to, we saw with football, really good competition early on. There's no really uh, layups or easy games in that first round. And I think you'll see that, especially in baseball, which uh, in uh at least the higher classifications where where the it's really good baseball and softball and soccer too. So you're going to see a lot uh, better competition in the postseason as well. Now we do love our football, but boy, we are definitely a long ball state. That means baseball, softball, and, and those spring sports thrive well here. Track and field is another one. There's multiple sports that happen in the spring. Soccer, another great sport here in our state. But, you know, I, I'm with you, and I'm going to wrap it up with you because I know you got some things to do, Lou. But, uh, it, you know, for me, we learned in football that this, the formula that they've got, even though it's not the 32, it's, it, it goes down to the Sweet 16, but it makes every game you play an important game you play. Again, you said there's no layoff games, and that's exactly right. We saw it in the upstate and 4A football where a team like Greenville honestly could have easily made a run for the state, but the two teams that made it in ahead of them are already out in week one. So, again – this, to me, is what it's all about. If you're an athlete, you want to play the best of the best, and there's not a play-in or a play-at game. It's all in or all out, and that's kind of what we'll see. And I'll say this. From what I understand, for example, in 5A football, Region 7 and 8, 
are kind of married together in multiple ways anyways because of a state, I would say, the I-26 breakpoint. But it seems like those two regions have said, look, we'll play you, you'll play us. That gives us, you know, a handful of games together. Let's stay out of the other areas for safety precautions. I like that. It will prepare them for, as you said, February the 1st. That is the first practice. Pre-game are the, the, the tournaments, March 5th, first season, first pitch, if you will, or kick or whatever there, March 15th. And then in May 15th, we start playoffs, championship week, July, excuse me, June 1st through the 5th. And, guys, if you're not happy about this, well, we could go what we went last year. How'd that work out for us, right there, Lou? Yeah, I mean, I get the complaints in that, and I know the basketball coaches weren't happy when the top two, too. I mean, but it beats the other option when these other states are shutting down and postponing the start of states, their sports and stuff and different things. I mean, we're making it through. We're almost through a fall season, and I think, yeah, you just got to be happy with to get through this year, and then I think hopefully things will be back to normal uh, next year. It'll be interesting to see if they go back to the 32 teams making the playoffs of just 16 next year, but and hopefully things will be back to normal by next fall, even the spring. I think I think we'll see things uh, pretty much normal hopefully by uh, mid-spring and at least by the end of the playoffs as well. Should be a good one here, Lou. Now, what's the plan for you tonight? Where are we going to find – the great one wandering around on a sideline near you. <laughs> I'm going to be near your area. I'm going to be in North Charleston tonight for the Hammond uh, Skiza 3A state championship game tonight against uh, Lawrence Manning. They moved the state usually at Benedict, but they're going to, all the Skiza state championships are going to be in Charleston Southern uh, this weekend and uh, 3A tonight. Obviously, Hammond, Hammond goes for another state championship. Uh, plenty of storylines there. You um, Will, Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo's sons play for Hammond, and uh, they'll be there watching their sons play as well. Oh, and we know what kind of week it's been like for the Gamecocks, so they'll get the chance to see their sons uh, possibly win a state championship tonight. Good, be good. That's cool, man. And I, you know, I, and and God bless me. I forgive me, Skiza. We love you. We we highlighted you. We continue to talk about you. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you. See how God works, man. He twists this thing around so we make sure we got some love. And they brought that here to the low country. Good for us. Good for the area. Great for the opportunity for Charleston Southern. Great facility. And uh, while you're in town, make sure we catch up. I'll shoot you some text here after we get off the air and I get the studio cleaned up from Brandon's notes that he's the biggest note taker I've ever met. But good news is that you killed it today. You did a great job. Hope you and the fam are well. Stay safe. Travel down here to the low country in style, and we'll see you and talk to you soon, buddy. All right, you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there he goes. Lubez Jack, how about that? I was going to ask him the golden ticket question. I didn't. I could have. I should have, and I would have. But who is? No, I'm not. Okay. I was going to ask him who's going to be the next coach at South Carolina. Uh, of course, everybody's, you know, giving us a little grief because we put out of what we might have heard, and that is, of course, an we did. We heard it's Billy Napier. He's going to be the guy, you know? So if we're right, we're the greatest of all times. If we're wrong, then we're, we're wrong. Guess what happens? You'll wake up tomorrow. If the good Lord wills and the creek don't rise, we'll find out. Now, again, I'm going to head over to the 843. I think I know. I might want to know, but I am going to find out who's hanging out with the big man right here on Sports Unlimited. Who's with me? Yo, what's up, Rich? It's Eugene. 
Eugene, who? What's, Who's this? What's the happening? <laughs> Brother, I am hanging out. Brandon Biscoving is down and out. You know what we do. We do what we do. We step up, we hang out, and we run shows. As I got a 2 o'clock call this morning going, I don't feel so well. I was like, man, is this like a Theraflu commercial? What, what, who is this? I don't want any. I'm good. He said, can you do it tomorrow? I was like, you mean today in like four hours? Yeah, I got you. So here we are. <laughs> What's up, brother? Man, I'm glad to have you in here, man. You can hang out as long as you want. If you got time and you're not doing anything, why not? Yeah, man, I just uh, got the other one off to school and um, trying to check my notes and see what I got on for work. You know, being that it's a playoff game on Friday, I tried to pack as much stuff in as I could when I got in last night after those uh, lessons. And um, so right now, I'm just trying to go through and make sure I'm organized and ready to roll. I got stuff. My office is full of equipment being charged, and uh, they, they've been on charge for a couple of days now. But we're all ready to go. It's playoff Friday. I'm trying to figure out where all the excitement is, man. I mean, it's like looking yeah. for a phone on a, on a game day morning, and it's like dead. It's weird. No, I started texting around What's that? You know the ski's a championship game that's usually at Benedict? Did you know it's at Charleston Southern starts tonight? Goes into tomorrow? Um, actually, well, no. I, actually, I, we did know that. And we did. I thought they started tomorrow. Um, when on Monday, when David Shelton was on the show, he said he was going to be at the Oceanside game on Friday, and then he was going to be at Skiza Championships for, I think, their 3A and another A on Saturday over at Charleston Southern. Right. Well, anyway, Luke gracious with his amazing presence, the great legend himself. And we talked about a lot of things, by the way. I don't know how much you got to hear. But uh, he hung out with us about 8.15. I got Brandon Dunn from WPDE, the great one up there in Myrtle Beach on the Grand Strand. He'll be lighting it up. We'll talk to him about the interview that we played just earlier coming out of uh, the first break. Hey, Simmons is committed hey. to Jamie Chadwell. What's up? Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, uh, Lou Beige, um, did, did he did he ever hear anything from uh, from from our good buddy, the head coach up there at Andrews? He sure as heck didn't like his for uh, <laughs> I didn't even bring it up. I, I you know it's not in my nature. You know it's not in my nature. I thought about it. I teetered it. I wrote it down nine times. You know they we tell our no. kids all the time. Write it down nine times, and if you can put it down the tenth time, it's worth texting it out. I put it nine. I couldn't find enough ink to put ten down. No love for Andrews, but they still are getting a lot of love from everybody else. So, I don't know if hey. you saw something or didn't see something. Well, they don't need love. They need dubs, man. You can keep the love. Just bring on the W's and the trophy at the end of the year. It looks the same as it did last year. As uh, like I mentioned, uh, we we did have, and I want to thank Lou for always being a part of what we do here. And you know, Brent, there are certain things, Eugene, that that we talk about on the show that 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 separates us. I feel than a lot of others is the guest that we bring on. It, it fits to the motif into the room that we're in, if you will. Right? The uh, yeah. The, the the pillows match the couch, if you will. Right? I mean, that's how I look at the guests that we bring in. Okay, because here's the thing. We bring in the guys that educate us and entertain us, and we have a lot of fun. Like I started off the show, by the way, with a guy that you and I know well, Todd Helms, joined us. We talked about that big camp coming up on December the 5th. That's going to be a big one. 
in Charlotte. Going to be hanging out over there at Rocky River High School. That sounds like ice cream, by the way. Give me some of that Rocky River. Yeah, right there on the left side. Yeah. Well, I've been so, here before. That's a nice building. Is it nice? Is it AstroTurf? Yeah, I mean, yeah. is it? Is I've it been there before. Um, Rivals had a big camp there once when I went with uh, Lil G. Lil G. Got it. Yep. Now, he did mention he's going to have the middle schools, the high school, and some special teams doing special things. And then at the end of it all, they'll all gather up together for a little celebration. We're going to be there live, by the way. Uh, you know, as of right now, that is our tentative plan, even though even though there's going to be some state playoff games happening on that day as well. So we may move some things, do some things. We'll see how it works out. But, uh, again, we will have boots on the ground at some level at that camp coming up on uh, December 5th. That is the Infinity Camp. Guys, go to infinityfootball.com. Register now. Do not wait. I'm telling you, because this will fill up fast. They are limited on numbers and bodies that they can put into this facility. And, again, there are teams and kids, I can tell you, from uh, Illinois that have already contacted me saying, hey, can I come down? I said, well, you can if you register. And, you know, Eugene, these kids travel well. There's kids from Ohio that have already registered, New Jersey, and a few other great states around the country, not to mention that whole state of North Carolina may or may not even be playing football in the spring. Now, it's registered. I heard that they are. I've heard they're not. But I do know one thing is that you want to grind, you want to get better, it's up to you, not your coach, not your mama, not your daddy. It's up to you to get it done. And if you need proof on what it looks like to go to a camp and get an offer, Look at Chase Simmons right here in our state of South Carolina. This kid balled out at multiple camps. I'm saying three that I know for sure that he went out and made a name for himself, and here he is now with a college scholarship, and he doesn't even have to leave his zip code per se to ball out in a big-time school who's, by the way, in the top 15 in the country. Yeah, and I remember when Chase did his first camp, and everybody, you know, he kind of turned some heads and, then uh, the second camp, you know, right before it, there were some big offensive linemen kind of calling him out and saying, "Hey, you know, I want to get, I want to get some of that work. I want some of those reps." And you know, he just kind of stood back on his Twitter and said, "You know, come on, let's go. You know, uh, find me. We'll, we'll, we'll get it in." And uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen him lose a rep yet. Um, you know, but I, I, that would be a good matchup as the uh, big man from um, from East St. Louis, the ones you were just talking about. Now, that would be an interesting rep. Now, you know, Chase is a little older than that guy. That guy's got more size. I mean, he's got more size than most people in America. Uh, he's a very big kid. But it's so fun to, to uh, get to know those guys because they work hard. Uh, you know, it kind of got into a, a St. Louis versus um, Charlotte in the 101s. And, you know, I always think that's fun, just like we said on, on the Twitter message from the young man from Dylan. You know, rep, rep your team and rep your city and all that. You know, and I, I don't mind little trash talk. I think it's fun. It adds a little levity to the whole thing, to to, to game day experience. You know, just don't come at somebody personally and, and keep it clean. And you know, they they did. They kept it clean. It was just kind of you know, don't. This is our house in Charlotte, and St. Louis wanted to make a show of it. And man, it was it was a great time to be on the sidelines and to be that close to the action covering it. is in the building.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Allman here live on Southern Sports Central. We apologize for a little bit of technical difficulties here this morning, but we figured it out. Where there's a will, there's a way, and I say no way. No way is uh, the way that I will look at this one. As um, We'll take a, a break here in just a minute. Top of our number, what is that, three? Holy moly, we've gone in to, uh, to our number three, and it has been a solid show. Because coming up in here in just a minute, we will be joined by Brandon Dunn. Brandon Dunn is with WPDE, and uh, he has done an incredible job this year covering, smothering, and taking care of the PD, oh, and uh, the Grand Strand. He doesn't just have one pocket. This dog has to hunt in multiple ones. He lives on 17 and 501 during this time of year, and we'll be checking in here. In just a few minutes, is uh, he's got a lot to talk about. Yeah, why not? Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, they're still in it. There's a few other teams that are doing things. There was a, uh, of course, conversation like we had with Lou Benjack. Get his thoughts on uh, what's going on in the high school league with the spring, the winter, 
And oh, by the way, the University of Carolina, oh, they got a new coach coming. Who is it going to be? So we're letting him know. We're letting him know right now uh, some of the questions that are going to be coming his way. And also the other question that uh, is going to be had is the beach ball classic, a traditional beach ball classic. In the past, it may look a little different in the present. So those are all coming up, and it is now time for us to hit the reset button. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, the bus is parked somewhere on the Grand Strand, and the great one himself, Brandon Dunn, is jumping on the bus. Don't go anywhere. Welcome, everybody. It is horses in the back and Southern Sports Central in the front. And riding the horse into hour number three is our man with the plan, Brandon Get It Done from WPDE. What's going on, Big B? Hey, man. How you doing this morning, brother? Man, look, it's Friday. It's Elite Eight football. It is everything I can imagine. Brandon, by the way, Got sick. At 2 o'clock this morning, he wanted to throw a Theraflu commercial my way and said, I don't feel so well. Can you take care of me? I'm like, bro, that's your personal problem, but I will take care of the radio broadcast. No worries. Get some rest, my young friend. And, of course, here we are hanging out on a Friday morning like the old days. Remember Southern Sports Central? We used to do this morning thing as well. So glad to have you in here, and let's talk some, uh, some Friday night football, man. There's still a handful of teams around the Grand Strand. And that includes Andrews down there in Georgetown County playing football on Friday night, man. So kind of give me uh, give me the menu, if you will, uh, of what you guys are covering over there at WPDE coming up tonight. Man, you know us, we got the whole gauntlet. We'll, we'll run the whole table. Uh, <laughs> unlike you guys down there in Charleston, uh, I think you all got, what, what one game at Oceanside, and then all, all you guys got down there. Uh, so uh, – yeah, yeah so it's uh, Oceanside, but we do – we get a lot of heck, Brandon, for not loving on. And here's something sports central. We do call it the lower part of the low country is Well Branch and um, Well Branch and Buford, which, by the way, play Myrtle Beach. But, yeah, you, but you're actually inside the circles. Or, if you will, when you talk to guys like, uh, you know, the cover of the stuff around here, you know, they, they only cover the, the, the three counties, the tri-counties, if you will. But I get what you're saying. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I – it seems like that uh, well branched Buford is uh, Savannah. Uh, most of the time, whenever I need some, I, I have to hook up Savannah to get that stuff. But uh, yeah, Very no, true. we're uh, we're 
we're loaded for Baird up up here, man. We we've uh, we still got quite a few teams. Um, in fact, there's nine games for us t- uh, tonight. Um, so, uh, I mean, if you're going to start off with, uh, you know, you got to start off with the big dogs, and uh, that big dog is Carolina Forest. But boy, they got a uh, they got themselves uh, they got themselves a test tonight. They had to go up to Dutch Fork and 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 play that powerhouse, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, Mark Morris has done a phenomenal job with Carolina Forest this year. You know, they've lost one game, and that was Sumter. Should have probably won that game. Probably should have won the region, uh, which would have put them in a different situation tonight. But it is what it is. If you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. And uh, you know, I talked to Mark earlier this week, and you know, he's they're they're striving to be Dutch Fork. You know, like everybody else in this state is. You know, they they want to be on par or better than Dutch Fork, and that's what everybody's striving to be. And he said, you know what, we got to play a perfect game, but if we want to get where we want to get, we got to beat these guys. we got to figure out a way to do it. And, uh, you know, they gave him a run last year in that lower state championship game for about two and a half quarters, and then Dutch became Dutch and took over down the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, at this time of year, and, and every coach will tell you this, and you know this too, I mean, you've been around this game long enough to know that, you know, if you create turnovers, you're going to win. If you if if you call, if you have turnovers, you're going to lose. And that's exactly what's uh, what the thing is tonight. I mean, Carolina Forest has to play a perfect game. They got to keep the ball out of Dutch's hands, and they got to make long drives and, and force turnovers. So that'll be an interesting matchup. There's no doubt about that in five A. And then when yeah, you five A is going to be a big one, a rematch. Yeah, yeah, it it should be a, a great uh, ball game. Um, you know, again, uh, we'll see who wins that turnover battle. Uh, and then when you switch gears at 4A, you know, all the coaches around here in Region 6 like to call themselves the SEC, and they're probably right. I mean, you know, we got three teams in uh, out of Region 6. Should have gotten four. Hartsville probably should have gotten in, but the high school league said they weren't going to take four out of each region. Uh, but Hartsville deserved to get in, and I, I, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to be somebody that had to play Hartsville the way they were playing down the stretch. But, um, you know, you got North Myrtle Beach at home against North Augusta. That's a rematch of last year uh, in the playoffs where North Myrtle Beach won. I would say they're the clear favorites to win that game. They're playing extremely well right now, uh, hitting on all cylinders. Their offense is really tough to defend. Their defense is, is causing havoc, especially along their defensive line. Chase Simmons, their defensive end, just committed a coastal yesterday. Uh, went and talked to him. Real excited about that. Great young man. Uh, has a bright future at Coastal Carolina. Uh, their secondary forces turnovers. Um, they do really well in special teams. They got a really good kicker. So, um, you know, I unless something dramatic happens, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see North Myrtle Beach in the championship. Uh, to be perfectly frank with you, I mean they're they're that good of a football team. Uh, they got a lot of senior leadership, and and it shows. And then you flip the page, you got Myrtle Beach going to Buford, um, and Myrtle seemed to kind of figure it out last week in the second half of that game. Ryan Berger didn't start because of the high ankle injury. Uh, Jake Doty did. Luke Luke Doty's younger brother, um, you know, just a sophomore, had a couple of uh, uh, issues, kind of settled down there a little bit got the team back into it, or at least kept the team into it, and then Ryan came off the bench and, and led him to that win. Um, I was surprised that Buford beat West Florence, to be perfectly honest with you, but West kind of killed themselves. Turnovers uh, led to a couple of scores, and that kind of put them in the in the uh, behind the eight ball at Buford. But I see tonight being a little bit different story. I think if Myrtle 
plays the way they played in the second half last week where they outscored uh, South Lincoln, I believe it was 24 to nothing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it could end up being a North Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, lower state, and I think a lot of people around here kind of think that's probably what's going to happen. Stranger things have happened. You know, it's football. You never know how things are going to go. But um, on paper, that's what it should be. And, of course, if, that, if that's the case, it's, we're going back to Little River next Friday for the lower state championship. So that should be uh, – those are two big games for us in 4A. 3A, you're going Dillon. Uh, Dylan's got to go to Gilbert last year came down the very end of the game um, where Dylan had to rally to beat Gilbert. Uh, I expect it to be another tough battle. Jackie Hayes expects it to be another tough battle. Um, so uh, we'll see how that one plays out. And uh, you know, if they win that one, it's Oceanside or Camden. I mean, I tell you that Oceanside Camden game, that, that's, whew, that's going to be a heck of a game down there. There's no doubt about that one. Um, so, uh, that's going to be one to watch for sure. And I, you know, Jackie Hayes as well as I do in terms of, oh, sure. you know, what he's been able to accomplish. Man, I talked to that man this week and he just starts rattling off these stats. I guess somebody's writing a story on him. And so they, they told him all these stats. That man has been there 29 years as head coach, never had a losing season at Dillon. The worst, the worst wow. season he had was eight, eight wins. And I said, that's coach, that's pretty good, man. He said, I, I said, a lot of teams would love to have eight wins. He goes, yeah, that'll get you fired here. He's been, he's been, to <laughs> 14, yeah, he's been to 14 state championships, one seven. He's been to wow. 21 lower state championships. And I don't even know how many region championships they've had, probably 20. I mean, it's amazing. He's already won over 300 games. I mean, it's amazing the, the, what he's done at, at Dillon. Um, and people just expect it. They don't even really talk about it. They're like, oh, that's just Jackie. That's just Dillon. They just win. But, I mean, if you step back a minute and you take away all that stuff and you just look at what he's accomplished in 29 years at Dillon, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Pretty amazing. So, um, but, uh, you know, we, we can keep right. You know, you know what's weird, here. Brandon? Back in my, in my days in Socrates, they had a guy, you may remember this name. His name was Stan the Man, Stan Manning. Oh, and uh, they played yeah. 4A football, and that's before there was a 5A, and it was Dillon, Marble County, Hartsville, Conway, Sockersby, the Florence teams of West and South Florence would come in, and then either Wilson would be one year or Darlitz would be one year. Man, it was, it was a gauntlet of a schedule back then, of course, uh, and that's been many moons ago, but Jackie Hayes was building what you see here on paper I just wrote down even back in the 90s when I was playing against him. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what that man's done. Um, you know, 29 years head coach at one school, and that doesn't happen very often, not, not these days, not, not these days. I mean, it's a, it's a win and loss oriented uh, situation. If you don't win, you don't stay around very long. But the last 29 years at one school is pretty, is, is pretty amazing. Over three decades, in, in coaching. And then you also remember too, that, you know, he's also in government. So he drives to Columbia all the time because, uh, you know, he represents Dillon County and it's just, uh, he, that man goes 95 miles an hour. I don't know how he does it, but, uh, he's done a heck of a job. So we'll see what they do tonight against Gilbert. Um, I would love to see a, uh, a, uh, Dylan and uh, Dylan face either Oceanside or, Cam, uh, or, uh, or Camden. I think Camden and Dylan would be one heck of a lower state championship game. Um, 
just what I've seen from Camden on paper and seen some some highlights of them on film. Um, that tailback they have up there is is pretty special kid. Um, so that'll be interesting. But we got to get past the night first. But uh, and then and then in two way, uh, you got Marion who's at home against Barnwell, playing really well. Uh, I expect if Marion does what they're supposed to do, they should beat the War Horses. Um, not to put anything past Barnwell, we know their history. Uh, we know what they're where they're capable of doing. But Marion's playing really well right now. And I'll tell you who's really playing well is Andrews. I mean, I was really surprised that they went up to Sherrall and beat Sherrall the way they did. Um, I don't see them losing tonight. I see them next week in the lower state championship. In fact, if they play the way they're playing right now, um, they could they could win that rematch against Marion if it ends up being those two. They could be playing for a state championship here in two weeks. And I don't think anybody uh, would have saw Andrews play for a state championship. I know for sure I didn't. Uh, but they're playing. They're playing that. They're playing that good. Um, and then in Class A, you know, where the when it comes to Class A football, the the PD is where it's at. It, it has been since I've been here. I think we've had a state champion. I've been here six years. We've had a state champ every year I've been here, either at Lamar, Green Sea Floyd's, or Lakeview. And this year, I don't see it being any different. Um, so. Tonight's a big game for us. Uh, with the television game for us is uh, Carver's Bay and Lakeview. So you got two top ten teams down at Carver's Bay. Number one Lakeview, number nine Carver's Bay. Uh, a lot of speed for Carver's Bay. A lot of size. They seem to get back to Carver's Bay football. And if anybody knows anything about Lakeview, they just win football games. Daryl King just puts a team on there that wins games, and they are loaded again. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then you got on the upper bracket, Lamar's got Wagner Sally rematch of last year. Uh, playoffs where Lamar lost, uh, so I think they're going to be have a little chip on their shoulder going into this uh, this year's game, and they're playing really well too. They got a they got good quarterback play, receivers are good, not unlike they've had in the past. Um, Andrew Walton, one of their offensive linemen, is committed to Coastal Carolina, should be signing here either in December or uh, February. So they're big up front, especially for a Class A program. Um, so that pretty much runs the gauntlet for us in terms of. Uh, what we got in the public schools. Now you got nine teams left as we're live right now with Brandon Dunn, WPDE's very own up there on the Grand Strand, helping us out today on Southern Sports Central. Uh, how many teams did you guys start with uh, at the beginning of this playoffs? Oh, shoot. Um, I think we had somewhere around maybe 12. Don't quote wow. me on that because I don't have it in front of me. Um, we didn't. We only had one five eight, and that was Carolina Forest. Four mm-hmm. um, A, we had three. We got two left. West lost. Two A, we had, or three A, we had um, Lake Lake City and Dillon. Lake City lost. Johnsonville was on it. Johnsonville, that was yeah. They're they're Class A. Right. Um, Two two A two A we had um, trying to think Lake City lost West Florence lost there's a team and we had Johnsonville lost and oh Sherrall Sherrall was the only team that lost yeah and they lost to Andrews so uh, those are the four we those are the four we lost last week in the public schools. 
Which is interesting because right. in the low country, Brandy, you saw it was a flip-flop. You guys advanced nine with uh, 12 teams in the public schools. Again, we, we've got some other, you know, some of the private schools still doing their things. But in Charleston, it was 13 teams that were in, and 10 were bounced out between Friday and Saturday. Of course, Hanahan was knocked out by Dylan on Saturday. And I said, why not? It's Friday the 13th. It's 2020. And have you ever seen an entire area like this kind of being dissipated the way they were just kind of manhandled? Also, if they went through a tornado of, of talent around the, uh, the rest of the state? No, I was actually shocked. In fact, I didn't even know that you guys only had one left as of Friday night because it was, uh, as you uh, alluded to, Hanahan played Saturday. Uh, it was uh, um, Iceberg that actually tweeted it out saying, in 14 years I've never seen it where we only have two teams left, Oceanside and Hanahan, and Hanahan right. plays tomorrow. And I was like, holy mackerel, really? Because mm. usually yeah. it's um, our teams playing y'all's teams in some classifications, and then in other classifications it's our teams playing Columbia, um, right. you know, as it is in the low, in the low country, in the, in the lower state. Uh, but, no, I've never seen it like that. I, I was shocked. Um, I was like, well, shoot. Scott ain't got anything to worry about the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I know where Scott will be at on Friday night. I know where he'll be tonight. Yeah, I man, I was I like, all of my sports buddies will be tonight. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shoot, man, that, that, that whole crew's done, man. They're switching gears talking about basketball now. Ooh, that's a whole yeah, other conversation. Uh, but... Yeah, that's, yeah, we don't even know. That, we don't even know how, how that's going to even play out, if it's going to play out. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that wrestling is even being a conversation. I just had this conversation just moments ago with Lou, but you being a sports guy, I've been around a long time. You know, basketball, good segue, right? So we know, congratulations, by the way, nine teams, a lot of guys that I've either played with or grew up with that are coaching, playing, or doing big things will continue to do it this, uh, well, tonight. It's this Friday. How about that? So, uh, and I can tell you, Andrew's coach is smiling ear to ear because he said on Monday that Lou – Lou didn't show him any love, and then we had, uh, you know, David Shelton, our big guy down here on the uh, on the writing side of life. He gave him some love, and here you are loving on uh, old Scott down there at Andrews. Of course, his son Eli, the starting quarterback. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. I think Andrews has found some fire at the right time, and and I think they're the kind of the team that nobody's going to talk about because they are really, honestly, they're located at, at, at the middle of the mm-hmm. Low Country and the Grand Strand, right? They're kind of in no man's land if you would mark them on a map. Yeah, I mean they're they're right there in the in the middle. Um, they're too far for Charleston. I mean, and technically for us they are too, but we've always covered them. Uh, sure. And we've always given them love, and uh, so it, it's kind of a weird dynamic how Andrews is because, like you said, they're just kind of boom. They plop them right there between the two. They get both. They get both uh, markets. Um, some of the people in town get us. Some of the people in town get get uh, get you guys down in Charleston. So right. it's kind of a weird dynamic how that thing works out. But uh, we've always we've always covered Scott, and we've always gone down there. And and and, there, and a lot of the reason is um, a because they they're a good program. They they've been right. very successful. The other thing is their region is connected to the regions up here. So hmm. they they play all the teams that are up here. Um, so it just makes sense. So if Andrews is anywhere, of course we go. Uh, we usually go down to Andrews once or twice a year. Um, so yeah, we uh, we do that. His his wife is really fun. She's a great lady. She she always uh, 
we always put stuff on Twitter, our Facebook stuff, and we forgot a couple of weeks ago. I guess they forgot to put it on. So Scott emailed me or texted me or called me or one of two and said, hey, where can I find this? My wife's bugging the crap out of me. She wants to know what these highlights are. So I had to, I had, I had to go back and put it on for her because so, obviously somebody forgot, which was fine. It happened. Um, but yeah, um, Melissa play yeah, no we games. get a lot of traction from <laughs> we, we get a lot of traction from Andrews. I mean, we put anything we put online or social media. I mean, it gets a ton of views. I think their game against Chirag got like fifteen hundred views. Wow, I got yeah. a lot of family there, man. If you go through that town and you ask where the closest Morris is, it'd probably be the person you're talking to, which is a lot of my kin folks down on that side of town, man. It's changed a lot. They built that road that goes around Andrews, which. I wish they never would have because it's what's killing small towns USA, but uh, great people, great family environment. You know, they're like anybody that got some issues in between the lines, but I can promise you this, you can mess with each other only on the inside because they don't let a lot of outsiders on the inside. Now, that being said, Brandon, let me ask you this basketball coming up. I, you know, this time of year, you start thinking of holidays. It is of course, Thanksgiving a week less uh, closer now because uh, it's what six days away next Thursday and then we'll be full-fledged looking into uh, the Beach Ball Classic where we have usually some of the greatest athletes around the country coming in to Myrtle Beach. I'm hearing that it may be a little different this year. You're not going to get some of the big names because of the word that we don't use that kind of dirty language around here, but it's going to keep a lot of the big-name schools out of the Grand Strand this year. Yeah, it is, um, and that's disheartening because – you know, I know a lot of those programs from around the country love to come here for the Beach Ball Classic because it's such a big opportunity for them to showcase themselves and their programs and, and for the coaches, their players, uh, to, uh, to a wider audience and in in really better competition, so to speak, maybe more so than what they would see at home because uh, it's, as you alluded to, it's a showcase. Uh, but uh, that dirt litter word, I don't like to use it either, but it's, it's wreaked havoc on a lot of things, and, of course, it's done so for that. But on the flip side, uh, which may be even better for uh, some of the local programs here on the Grand Strand, you know, obviously Sockacy gets to play in it every year because uh, of, of the, the connection and, and the coach connection who's, you know, who started beach ball and so on and so forth. Uh, how how all that stuff gone and you know you, you're being a Sockasty guy you know how all that stuff went so Sockasty plays in it every year but I, yep. I, was, I was just informed that Carolina Forest is playing in it this year and they've never played in it before um, hmm. so you know that that's good for them Myrtle Beach is you know playing in it they played in it before but I think it's left the door open for maybe a couple of other um, area teams and maybe even statewide teams to play in this event that maybe wouldn't in the past because of teams in New York or Pennsylvania or Ohio or so on and so forth, Florida uh, have come up here to, to play in it. Now, I expect if we get back to somewhat normal next year, it'll go back to way that, you know, it has been in the past where you'll get more teams from around the nation come in to, uh, to play in that thing. So, um, yeah, I just knock on wood that they get to play. Now, I know they had a showcase, I want to say it was this summer, where they mm-hmm. had a zillion teams in that play the convention center and I don't think they had any issues, and they played a ton of games. Uh, so they had a lot of AAU team, teams in, and, you know, uh, teams of that, that nature came in and played. Um, and that was this summer, I believe, in August, and that don't, they, don't ha- they didn't have any problems. So I, we'll just hope that that's the same case here. I don't know what our numbers are. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. I just nope. kind of 
do my own thing and just hope that nobody changes their game on a Friday morning at 8 o'clock, <laughs> which, has been, which has happened the last couple of weeks. Well, so far, we're at 923. We're feeling pretty good about it as we're live right now with the man on the Grand Strand, Brandon Dunn, getting it done here on Southern Sports Central. We are covering for the Brandon Bisco Bing show that's usually heard here on Fridays at 7 to 10. That, of course, is Sports Unlimited. Myself and Eugene is actually on board with us now uh, as he's sitting back and joining to uh, the best sports director on that Grand Strand over there at WPDE Myrtle Beach, an Ole Miss alumni, Dallas native and a proud husband, father, and a Texan, by God. Watch out. Now shoot them up, load them up, and roll them out. Ole Miss did that, by the way. Not only did you beat the Gamecocks on the football field, you beat their head coach out of a job. How about that? What's yeah, your thoughts? I don't, yeah, I'm not – you know, I think that was just the final straw there on, on old sure. Willie. Um, you know, I, I I went to church on Sunday, and I was talking to some people because I had my old Miss shirt on, and, of course, some Gamecock people are there. And uh, we were just talking about the game, and I said, shoot, they're probably still scoring. It's probably 225 to 230 right now, uh, you know, and that was uh, Sunday morning. N- neither one of those teams have a defense. In fact, my son and I and my wife are down there watching. I'm like, can we just have one – can we make one stop? Just one stop. We can have one stop. We can turn this game in from a from a 10-point game to 17, and then maybe I'll feel a little more comfortable, which ended up being what happened. But, right. yeah, you know, I, I, I'm i kind of torn on the whole must champ. I get the fans' situation. They want a winner. I get that. I understand. But, man, when he took over that program, that program was – in shatters. I mean, he had to really take what uh, that program had become and, and try to get it to where it was uh, when right. Spurrier was there when they were in their hey- heyday. I think Spurrier kind of the last couple of years maybe kind of like, you know, he's he saw, eh, you know, I'm going to ride off in the sunset. It's going to kind of do my thing, but I, you know, it's it's a win loss business. If you don't if you don't win, you don't um, you don't keep your job, especially if you're making four and a half million dollars a year. Um, so I, I think that the last straw was the loss to Ole Miss, but I think the real dagger was that home loss against A and M. It just lackluster. Just came out there and just looked like they were going through the motion. Now, right. granted, A and M's a really good football team, but I mean, they just looked like they had just keeled over and said, "All right, well, whatever. We're not doing anything." At least they showed a little heart in that Ole Miss game. You know, they came out, they played strong. Um, they showed some heart, showed some grit. Um, Ole Miss offense is just really tough to defend against. And if your defense isn't very good, which clearly right now South Carolina's defense isn't, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna outscore Ole Miss's offense. They just they do some really wacky things that a lot of teams aren't used to. I mean, who goes for it on fourth and ten and gets it? And not just once, but more multiple times. That's just Lane. That's just Lane Kiffin, and I think that's what that's, I think that's what us uh, Ole Miss fans are excited about. Is uh, he didn't care, man? He's like, hey, we're we're two and four. We're going for it. What third and uh, fourth and fifteen? Stay out there. We're going. And that's fourth, I think that's. Well, your chances are pretty good if you're going against the defensive backs in South Carolina, which is a great segue. Great minds think alike. My final two-parting questions, you can answer them all at once. Number one, your thoughts on the DBs that decided to say, we're going to now practice on our stock in the NFL, when, my friends, you were probably the weakest part of the football field. That being said, you just take over at South Carolina when it's all said and done. And your thoughts, if you had that – eight ball from Walmart that you could shake a little bit and get an answer. 
you know, I, I, I'm not a big believer in that opt-out garbage to get ready for the NFL. I, I'm I'm old school guy. If you made a commitment, you made a commitment, and you need to you need to finish your commitment. They got a couple more games left. There's no bowl game for them. Finish the season because you made a commitment not only to the team but to your teammates. I mean, what are you saying to your teammates that those guys are still going out and busting their tails every day of practice to try to get better, to put a product on the air to win on Saturday, and you're saying, you know what, you guys aren't worth it. I'm going to get ready for the NFL. I see all this green coming my way. Y'all enjoy the last couple of games. I'll see y'all on the flip side. I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's good. Um, I think it, you know, I don't know these guys' characters, but it sure doesn't look good in, uh, to me. And of course, that's just my opinion, and everybody has an opinion. But if I'm a general manager of an NFL team and I'm quitting on my team mm-hmm. with three or four games to go, what am I going to do if I draft that kid? You know, what's it say about that kid's character? Is he going to do the right. same thing to us? You know, um, I don't know. Maybe these guys are looking at, hey, why am I going to go out there and get hurt and, and, and hurt my stock or whatever? But I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that opting out garbage. I don't understand it. I'm old school. I, I think you get out there and I think you finish the season 110% like the rest of your teammates are doing. You leave it all out there on the line. And when you walk off that field the last game, you could say, you know what, I did it the best I could to try to help my team win because I love these guys. And that's what a team's all about is doing it for the guy to your right, to your left, to your front, to your back. And right. uh, not a big fan of any of that opting out garbage. So who's the next going to be the head coach? Yes. Uh, you want to flip a coin? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know – Everybody's riding on Hugh Freeze right now. Right. Or Napier, you know, every way you want to do it. I like Billy. I think he's done a great job at Louisiana. Of course, he's got South Carolina ties, so on and so forth. He's recruited this area, Alabama, former Alabama guy, so on and so forth. I think he would be a great hire. Um, I'm not too keen on Hugh Freeze for personal reasons. Um, He left Ole Miss in shatters. And I don't know how, if you're an SEC program or head of an SEC department, that you can't go back and look at what he, what he did at Ole Miss and say, why am I going to bring a guy in here, totally destroyed a program for three years, put him on probation, lied to the administration about what, what he was doing, um, and, and basically left a program having to build basically from the bottom up, and we're still not there. I mean, you see all you see defensive wise. Um, I believe in second chances. He clearly got that at Liberty and done a great job. He he's a heck of a football coach. I just don't know about the extra baggage. Um, people change. I get all that, but I don't know, man. If you're if you're if you're gonna give somebody four and a half million dollars, you better make sure that it's more than football coach. It's got to be everything else. I think you got to look at the whole package if you're going to give somebody that. Um, and then, of course, it brings back to Jamie Chadwell. Of course, that's what everybody's talking about here. Um, 
You know, Jamie's done a phenomenal job with Coastal. Uh, really took that program to new heights uh, after coming here from Charleston Southern. But everywhere he's been, he's taken that team and 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 and, and made something of that program. Uh, right. Would he be a great hire? I think he'd be a phenomenal hire. I just don't know if South Carolina is going to pull the trigger on a guy that doesn't have any D1 experience at a Power 5 level. Um, so, but he would come, I mean, dude's making $375,000 a year, the lowest paid coach in Division One football. His buyout's probably got to be, what, $50,000? So, <laughs> yeah. the money issue would be great. I mean, yeah, you don't have to pay here, you know, um, how that would work out. So, I, you know, I there's so many variables out there right now on what South Carolina is going to do. But I, I would say that Freeze and, and, and Billy are the two guys that they're probably looking at. And don't right. everybody wants to talk about uh, Bob Stoops and, and that ain't happening. You need to right. – people need to get that out of their – they need to get that out of their head. Stoops didn't come into Columbia. Uh, Urban Meyer's not coming to Columbia. <laughs> you know, they could throw all those big names out. None of that's going to happen. So, um yeah, I, and, and if they can get past another real quickly, if they can get past the whole rivalry thing with Clemson, sure. I don't know how you don't look at Brent Venables, and I don't know how you don't look at at, uh, well, at some of those other uh, guys, uh, Elliot. I don't know how you don't look at those guys, and 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 seriously, um, you know, call and and judge the interest on either one of those guys. That's right. Um, Are you, now, would they leave Clemson? I don't know. To me because of what Shane has been here, he's coached here, he's born in Charleston. I get his dad was a big name at Virginia Tech, built Virginia Tech, if you ask me, brought his lunch pile and uh, his little lunchbox, and that became a trend. But that being said, I like Shane Beamer. He's an R-age kind of guy. He's got a title over at, Ohio, uh, at Oklahoma. You know, he knows how to recruit here. He proved it here when Spurrier was here. You know, I, I just think that they need to make sure that they – throw every opportunity and offer every opportunity, even if they think the word's no. Sometimes the no's a yes in the world of dating. You just got to ask for the big date to get the big date, right? Yeah, I think, you know, you can't limit your scope, as you just alluded to. You can't limit your scope to, hey, okay, this is – we're going to go – and I don't see Tanner doing that. He doesn't come across Mm -hmm. as being that kind of guy. I think he's going to have a wide net, and he's going to look at every – every option he has and then bring it in. Um, but I agree. I mean, I, I think you, I think you throw the net out there as wide as you can interview as many people as you can and see who fits the bill and then cut it down from there. But I don't think you limit anybody. Um, I, I think you bring, you bring anybody in there that's got any South Carolina ties, any ties to the state, uh, a proven winner, uh, good character guy, um, a guy that's going to keep his team intact and keep them, you know, keep them, keep them honest, uh, bring some discipline to a team. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you limit yourself. I think you, no, no. I think you kind of go out and you, you see what you can do. Well, I'm not going to limit you either, brother, because uh, Monday you and I got a uh, opportunity. Hopefully, if you can find some time in the evening to jump on uh, the show with us to recap these uh, nine amazing teams on the Grand Strand and up in the PD, doing what they do best, playing Friday Night Lights, the Elite Eight, and uh, a lot of those eight are coming out of the Grand Strand PD area. So, as always, we appreciate you. We love you, man. We're glad you're doing well. Can't wait to get a report. 
And uh, great job on the interview yesterday, and I appreciate your partnership with us up here or down here on the Grand Strand for a good old Horry County fella. Oh, yeah, man. You know, uh, you know you're talking about Chase, right, the kid that committed yes, Coastal? Yeah, he's, he, Chase is one of those kids that you want to see him go to the very top. You want him to really succeed because he's just that good of a guy. Good, right. good, good kid, um, comes from a good family, worked his tail off. Last year, that kid weighed 175 pounds. Wow. Now he's close to like 250. And he just made himself determined to put himself in this position to get this opportunity. Did all the summer camps this summer, you know, busted his tail to get these opportunities, and it all and it all paid out for him. And, you know, now he's going to Coastal full ride. Um, he's the first kid that we've actually had from the Grand Strand um, that's gotten a full ride offer. Now, we've had several that have gotten full-time offers that just hadn't decided to go to Coastal. But he's the right. first one that got a full ride that decided to go to Coastal from the Grand Strand since Looper, who's the starting uh, offensive lineman at Coastal, who went to Carolina Forest, and that was, what, three years ago. That's right. So um, we've had a lot of walk-ons from our area, but not a, not a guy that's gotten a full ride that's taken that opportunity. So uh, he's the first one in three years. Well, he's representing so, well, uh, and we're excited to have him staying in the backyard and doing some things in the jungle as uh, Coastal Carolina – We'll uh, add another one, if you will, and they've done a good job. We appreciate you, Brandon. I'll catch up with you off the air. I'm going to call you here in a few just to check in with a few things I wanted to catch up off the air. But thank you so much for uh, doing what you do, not only with me and and Southern Sports Central, but all of our shows here on the network. And uh, Brandon, of course, with Sports Unlimited, buddy. All right, my friend. Hey, if I don't answer when you call, leave a message. I'll call you back because i got a couple things i got to take care of here in the next hour. Oh, you're only covering nine teams, man. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. that problem, my man. Hey, we'll catch up with you on the short side, man. God bless you. Take care. All right, you too, my friend. See you later, buddy. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we will now head to, to Charlotte, North Carolina, where uh, I got another good guy here who's jumping in and hanging out. Reggie, what's the word, my man? How's life in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, over there at the Queen City? It's cold. <laughs> Let's start with that. It's a little chilly. But we're going to figure it out. We're going to work right through now. it. Yeah, how about that? That's the <laughs> truth right there, isn't it, brother? So good. Man, I'm glad you joined me late notice. Uh, I got a call from Brandon Biscobank. He does our Friday morning show out of the uh, Grand Strand Studios up there in the Myers Ice Cream Studios. But uh, he called me at 2 o'clock with a fair food commercial. It was like, could you help me? I said, I can't help you, but I'll do your radio show at seven o'clock. You get away, get get off the phone. I don't <laughs> want this thing coming through the phone. <laughs> yeah, you keep that and, and make sure he avoids the Rona on top of it. Well, God bless him. I tell you, man, is football? Let me ask you this, man. Are they still scheduled? Is it a go for public schools in North Carolina to play in the spring? As of right now, it is. Um, and and there's okay. actually some winter sports. Um, that are starting to practice and what have you. So um, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, obviously, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, the recent reports that we're seeing and hearing about, you know, how close a vaccine may be uh, is helping to keep that on track. I don't know if it's going to maintain it, 
but it certainly is a factor, I think, right now. Uh, just my opinion and conjecture, if you will. Right. We're live right now. Reginald Walker Jr. joins us on Southern Sports Central Monday nights. Guaranteed at 7 o'clock. He will update you, educate you, and entertain you right here on the network, as he's doing now as a special guest here on the Brandon Visco Being Sports Unlimited, brought to you by myself, Richie Altman, and Eugene, who is hanging out somewhere in North Charleston. We can't put a beat on the old boy as uh, he's got one of those little small phones in his pocket. But that being said, college football coming up tomorrow, it is going to be a separation Saturday for a lot of those in the Big Ten and around the country just in about three minutes. I know you don't have many left, but what are you looking for the most in this separation Saturday? It could be one of our first minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see some situations to where – uh, maybe a couple of teams rise up that you don't expect. I think this is one of those weeks. Uh, you start getting into mid-November. People start getting desperate. Coaches start getting desperate. Uh, they start grasping for different things to get their teams going. And, and you know, I think this is this is one of those weeks where, guys, I, I, I mean, I just think uh, we're going to see something weird. We're going to see something quirky. I mean, think about it. Last night we see a 4-1 a, a Tulsa team battling with Tulane. They go to two overtime. Uh, so that tells you right there uh, that this may be one of those weeks. Uh, you know, I think, you know, anytime you look at two top ten teams at, at high noon at Ohio State, you know, Indiana-Ohio State, I think that's going to be an interesting football game because uh, I think Indiana can score some points. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you've got three games this week featuring uh, two ranked teams, you know, battling each other. So right there, that, there's a guaranteed shakeup in the polls uh, just off of that alone. You, you've got a lot of teams facing their toughest test. I mean, I would argue that, that Coastal is facing their toughest test uh, of the year in Appalachian State, you know. Uh, so you look around at this, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, you look at a Kansas State team, they're going to Iowa State. K-State was hot early in the year, had some injuries, kind of fell off a little bit. What do they become? Are they able to bounce back against Iowa State? That's out in the Big 12. So just so many different pieces and elements to this season uh, that you have to ask yourself what might happen. Uh, I think Liberty at NC State is intriguing. Uh, I don't know uh, that I'm sitting here saying that, that, that NC State's going to win the game. I don't know that I'm sitting here saying Liberty's going to win the game, but I think it's intriguing. I think that one's going to come down to uh, the last seven or eight minutes of that ball game, the last two or three possessions. Uh, I think that kind of a, a situation uh, could be brewing up in Raleigh. So, uh, guy, and then you, and then you, listen. If if Michigan's ever going to bounce back this season, it's at Rutgers. But Rutgers looks different with Greg Schiano there now. So, you know, just a lot of pieces. What does South Carolina look like with with you know the Battle of Como, right? The Battle of Columbia, uh, with Missouri coming to town. And and to that point, I heard your previous guest. I was listening, talking about the coaching situation in South Carolina. I tend to agree, and here, here's the other thing I would add. Uh, if you bring in Hugh Freeze, let's just, let's just look at this this way, Richie. If you bring in Hugh Freeze, he's going to do one of two things. He's going to do what Steve Spurrier did, right, give you those three or four great years, and then what do you think he's going to do? He's going to leave. South Carolina is not Hugh Freeze's destination. Or he's going to do what Will Muschamp did, and you're going to fire him. So, to me, it makes the most sense to go with Shane Beamer or Billy Napier because it seems much more plausible 
that this is a destination job for those two guys as opposed to Hugh Freeze looking for another stepping stone. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, and I like what Hugh Freeze probably can bring. It's just how long is it going to be here? You know, is it going to be one of those storms that lay over the, the Columbia area and it, and it rains greatness for days? Or is it going to be one of those ones that the wind comes through and blows it right through in about two years? You know, I mean, we talked about Spurrier, but, yeah, he gave us a long time. I mean, if you think about what how long coaches last these days, you don't see – the, 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 the guys like a Nick Saban that's been there as long as they've been there anymore. I think those days, even in the college athletes, I mean, you're not seeing that anymore. There's a big change. And for me, I think South Carolina needs to really – I said, I think, at best that I've said it breaking down things. You know, when you go out and ask the prettiest girl in the class for a date, the worst she could tell you is no, which is right where you were before you asked her. So my thing is, that's if right. you want Tony Elliott – or you want that guy who is Brent Venerables, go ask him on a date. What's he going to tell you, no? Well, then you go to somebody else. Because remember, Will Muschamp was our date option number three when he got hired at South Carolina there, Reggie. That's right. No, I, and here's the thing. I completely agree with that, and I'm not suggesting that they don't ask Hugh Freeze. All I'm saying is if you get Hugh Freeze, you got to know what you're getting. And, and that's the thing I think – from an administration standpoint, where a lot of times they miss. They go get this guy or the next. I mean, I remember when Penn State got Bill O'Brien, and everybody was fired up. And I told a bunch of our guys, former players, I said, he's only going to be here three or four years. I said, he's doing this because he knows that the program is desperate to have a leader and a face. So that's why he kept saying, I just want us to play football, because his whole goal was to become a head coach in the National Football League. The administration, from my understanding and from who I was able to talk to, they understood that at the time and they were okay with that. They just needed a bridge to the long-term solution. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is it's a plan. And if you're South Carolina, you have to have the same thing. If you know that you want Hugh Freeze and you're going to go get Hugh Freeze, that's fine. But just be prepared that when he starts getting the calls from be it a Mississippi State or, or, or uh, you know, an Arkansas, I'm not suggesting Pittman's on his way out because he just got there. Uh, or, look, we hear about uh, Gus Malzahn's name at Auburn every year. And I like Gus, but let's just face it, it's out there. So every time you start to, you know, hear – the name of Hugh Freeze percolate in other places in the country with other programs, you have to know where you're going next because you can't get caught with your pants down if you're Ray Tanner in the South Carolina administration. That's why I say if you're looking for immediate success and, and potential, potential to win, to win uh, just the uh, just second, the second conference, conference championship in your school's and history, then you right? go and I got no problem with that. But if you're looking for the long-term sustained program that's going to win you nine-plus games a year, I don't think that's the answer because the minute he gives you nine-plus two or three years in a row, he will leave. I agree with you there, my friend. Uh, I promised you I wouldn't keep you long, and I've gone over two minutes of our requested time that you've given us. I want to not abuse it. Well, guess it, what? I got, I, a, I got a gift for you. Yes, you got 
I got a gift for you. Every I got I got what the issue I had got moved back another fifteen minutes. So well, if, if you need me, I can hang for another ten minutes. Well, I tell you what, let's bring in the other half of this dynamic duo on a Monday and a Wednesday as we're doing it big on a uh, Friday. Eugene has jumped in. Eugene, are you still in here, buddy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I heard Reggie. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> we brought hey, the you, band hanging out together on a Friday morning. I got to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, it, so, so the story with Hugh Freeze and the connection to Auburn, and, and you're not wrong, is, in fact, before he got the Liberty job, he was actually on a charter plane headed to Auburn to take over the offensive coordinator job, got the call mid-flight from Liberty, and had the pilot redirect the plane. And that's how he ended up at Liberty. You, you see what I did there, uh, Richie? You see oh, how yeah. I set that up? See, <laughs> th- see, Eugene, I know you work with specialists. I'm a holder, baby. I'm a holder. <laughs> You just really you got three hands, to huh? win the game because I put I got that snap from Richie I got that hold down and you put it through the uprights. <laughs> all, right, man, well, all right, well, hold on. We, we we need a tail of the tape, man. How big are those hands? <laughs> I don't even know. I can't remember that measurement back then. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> but I but but you know it's it's just well. First of all, let me make this comment real quick because you guys know I love to have a little fun. But. Oh, yeah. The only place you can get a call mid-flight is on a charter. So we're going to leave that right there. How about that? <laughs> he gets the call mid-flight. I mean, you know. But, now, listen, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, that, that administrations have to find is what is and, and understand is what they're sealing it. That's why I think it was uh, very prudent that Rutgers went back to Greg Schiano. Listen, he took right. them to their peak. But at the same time, they know that's not – what he did last time, taking them to, what, top five ranking in the country at one point, they know that's probably above what they are every year. But they also realize that they're, he's good enough to make sure that they can get to the postseason every year. And, let guys, me, let me, uh, look, when you get that awful after you lose a coach, you learn real quick what life was like at the, quote, mediocre level. Let me let me hit you with a history lesson. Um, when when Rutgers was achieving big things, I think it was around 2009, 2010. Uh, I'll never forget because I was setting up a Christmas tree and I was watching that game. So it was uh, later in the year. Uh, Rutgers was winning. They had a quarterback that was leading them to this newfound t- success. Uh, do you know who the quarterback was, where he's from, and who his stepdaddy is? I know he is from South Carolina, but I cannot remember the kid's name to save my life. Chaz Dodd from Burns High School, and his stepdaddy is Bobby Bentley. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, That started the run. He was the first quarterback to start breaking all those records at uh, Burns High School. Then they had Willie Korn, and they had, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Shuler Bentleys and all those guys come through. Uh, and that's when Bobby was uh, winning five and six state titles back-to-back. And Willie Korn ended up at, I believe, Clemson initially, and then I think he transferred to Houston. To Marshall. If memory serves me correct. Yep, he got injured. Um, there was some big debate. Uh, I don't – Dabo, I don't think, was the coach in. It was the last year of – I think Bowden recruited him. Uh, allegedly, yeah. now the Korns got – dad, I think, is a doctor. Apparently, he, the, 
the rumor was at the time that maybe there was an injury and the coach made him play through it and it's worse than the injury. He transfers to Marshall, goes to play some safety, comes back to North Greenville. Now he's the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach over at Coastal Carolina. He's been with Jamie Chadwell since uh, Chadwell was down at Charleston Southern. That's right. That's right. I'm, you know what? I'm mixing him up with, uh, with Cobb, uh, the kid that, that was in the NFL for a while. I don't know why I had those number fours in my head all mixed up. But, yeah, yep. that's right. And, and that's, that's, you know, guys, you know, as we watch this thing and, and programs try to build and fix, right, you're looking at, you know, that situation in South Carolina where they're trying to rebuild and, and, and kind of fix. Uh, to me, I think stability is one of the most important aspects of that whole process. You've got to take your time and get the right person that has the right approach. And that's why I think, you know, whether it's Shane Beamer or Billy Napier, you need somebody that knows the state, recruits the state, uh, understands the players in the state. Because you got the biggest thing you got to do in South Carolina, to me, if you're going to win in Columbia, is you got to keep kids in the state, man. There's too much talent. Yes, Listen, I, you know, I, you guys know this. I, I, do, I do radio in different places. And, and one of the places here in Charlotte uh, that I'm on with, you know, one of the guys, lives in South Carolina. Obviously, we're right near the border. And he talks all the time. And I always say how uh, North Carolina high school football, particularly in Charlotte uh, and areas and and, and schools in the immediate area, are greatly improved uh, from when I first moved to the state, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, And he's quick to remind me that South Carolina talent is better. Here's the thing. I'm not here to argue that. What I'm here to say is if that is true, there is no reason South Carolina – can't be better unless the issue is what it actually is, which is keeping those kids at home. Let me, let me, uh, let me rock real quick. I know, I know you got to go. Richie's uh, hitting the button to let you go, but you know, a few years ago, that job was going to Kirby smart, Kirby smart. And I, and I heard the quote myself said he was willing to walk across highway 20 barefoot covered in glass for the South Carolina head coaching job. His wife's a big basketball lady. She wanted to be, you know, close to Don Staley's staff and, and involved in the program at some extent, even as a, a, a glorified spectator. Uh, Mr. Lieber, who owns Georgia Crown Liquor, bought out the entire contracts for all of Mark Rick and all of his staff to prevent Kirby from coming. Okay, so that's why, you know, Muschamp moved up the list. But it was supposed to be Kirby after Tom Herbin had also said no. Uh, Kirby was number one. Fast forward to now, the same context we have have said that the job was going to Billy Napier first. If he says no or they can't work it out, then allegedly Beamer is the second choice. Now, what I would do is I would throw a boatload of money as for an assistant, as a wide receiver coach. South Carolina puts out a ton of wide receivers and defensive linemen. You've got to keep these kids in the state. I'm going after Joey King as a wide receiver coach, and here's why. Do you know who Joey King is, first of all? Yeah. All right. Joey King was the, for people who don't know, was the head coach for Trevor Lawrence at Cartersville High School. He immediately, Mm -hmm. when Trevor Lawrence graduated and enrolled at Clemson, he became the wide receivers coach at Coastal Carolina. He worked on and, and signed a bunch of dudes in South Carolina and stuff like that. Now he's tight end coach down at South Florida. The two leading receivers for the University of South Florida right now are two 
true yep. freshmen. And they're both from the state of South Carolina. One's from here in Charleston, Sincere Brown, played at First Baptist. The other one's Omar Dollison, who played in Columbia, Carolina, who didn't get a South Carolina offer, played at Gray Collegiate. Two leading receivers at South Florida are true freshmen playing for Joey King. I think you go after him. Here's another dude, and Richie's going to, like, probably go uh, pass out on the phone. I would say if for a wide receiver coach, I'm going after a local high school coach here in South Carolina, and I'm going to hire uh, Perry Park if Joey King says no. That dude well, has here's so, the you've got to, to get your South Carolina people in recruiting because Muschamp did a lot to rebuild that rapport like you and I were talking about with all these high head coaches in South Carolina and North Carolina. I say you give Perry yeah. Park, you throw him. He lives in Columbia. He coaches high school football in 5A. He's played receiver at Coastal Carolina. He's coached in Georgia at a big power ty- powerhouse uh, high school. And then now he's a head coach. I think you go after him next. Well, and, and there's ways to get those guys. It's easy. Uh, wide receivers coach or assistant head coach slash wide receivers. Ass- like, it's not hard. Associate head coach. Because guess what? When you get the assi- the associate title, all of a sudden that's an extra like two or $300,000. And it's a guaranteed two-year deal. There you go. And, and trust me, I, with all due respect to most to, to, to high school coaches, most of them ain't seeing two a quarter million dollars a year just off coaching high school, let alone coaching a position and getting an associate head coaching title. That's probably they're probably going to see double that money as an assistant, maybe even more. That was all great topics, all great things. This will be tabled from Monday night when you can hear that man, the myth, and the legend, not just in Charlotte, but here on Southern Sports Central, Reggie. He will join us, the Reginald Walker Jr. himself, at 7 o'clock on Monday night, buddy. Appreciate you joining us at last minute on a Friday. We'll cap it off on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. You and I and Eugene will do it again in a few days, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. Hey, look at there. And as always, I want to thank everybody who joined us here today. We started off the great show with Coach Todd Helms. He is, uh, well, a man of many. As he, of course, is uh, heading up this big one coming up on December 5th with the Infinity Football Camp over in Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of Rocky River. Sounds like an ice cream cone. But nevertheless, it will be home to a great camp for the middle school, the high school, and special teams. Then we did our thing with, uh, well, Coach B. He is with the South Carolina High School Blitz. They're going to be doing their thing. It looks like coming up in December, the 20th, over there. Get out there. The Junior Bowl will be there. Make sure you're there. Then it was all about Mr. Well. Uh, we went to Lou Bizjack from the state. He did his thing, talking about all the things happening around the great state of South Carolina, the high school football games coming up. And uh, he covers the great state, starts it in Columbia, and works his way around everywhere else. And then it was finally the deal. Well, we had, we thought the final was uh, Mr. Um, look at here, my notes, Brandon Dunn. Beach. He did the same thing, breaking down the teams in Myrtle Beach. By the way, nine out of 12 redid what they needed to. They will advance to tonight's action. And then we tapped it off with our guest who surprised us all, and that is Reginald Walker, Jr. I invited him, he accepted, and there he went. So on behalf of myself, Brandon Bisco-Bing and Sports Unlimited, Eugene Benton, we will be back live tonight at 6 p.m. for the countdown to kickoff. We're sending you off with Benedict. It is the band 
of distinction coming out. We will be back again later on tonight, guys. God bless. Take care. We'll see you in just a few.